Hello and welcome to episode 21 of Realm in Ruin, a Warhammer podcast. A podcast so Warhammer we survived the end times. Just. <laughs> Just. I'm your host Matt <laughs> and joining me as always, a guy so up and coming, Vigilus is wondering if secretly he's going to turn up instead of Abaddon. It's Cameron. <laughs> it is How are you I, doing, good the sir? The grand war master of high temperature weather conditions. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's Cameron the sweaty despoiler. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm wearing really old, really torn up shorts and a really holy shirt just because it, it's like 40 degrees today. For the Americans, <laughs> it's like 115 plus degrees today. It's, Ouch. It's been a relatively cool summer. Except for like today, and it's probably <laughs> going to be like this for a few days. Like it, it's the it's dry heat, so it's not too bad. But it means I'm like I feel a migraine coming on. Am I going to get nosebleeds? <laughs> Who knows? It's a brand new day. <laughs> <laughs> Will Cameron survive this episode? <laughs> <I've> <laughs> Keep <got> listening. <laughs> three times the usual amount of water, so. So hence three times the amount of toilet breaks we're going to have yeah, to have. Well. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. And just put it into context here in the UK, like I said to you before the recording, it's about mm. five degrees. Yep. So we're nice and chilly. We've got mm. the threat of snow, you know, so we, we couldn't be any more different between our yeah, particular yeah. time zones. <laughs> Man. Oh, that's, that's something I didn't do at the end of last year. I didn't go see the fake snow. Man. Fake snow? Oh, yeah, uh, it seems every year, or at least every couple of years, we have a thing where it's basically like a giant blow-up slide. It's like 20 meters long or something, but they coat it in fake snow with like just shaved ice, basically. As like a oh, little... right, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's Christmas time. We Australians, for some reason, unironically love the wintry Christmas theme on everything. So Oh, fair enough. Here's a massively impractical ice slide for your children. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, there's always the end of this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but before we get to the end of the year, what's oh, going on in episode 21? <laughs> Let's talk about that. So, yeah. as always, we'll get stuck into our hobby stuff, which is what we've been painting, reading, buying, or probably in my case, sighing. Mm. Um, <laughs> and then we'll get on to the news. Uh, got, you know, a few little bits of decent news that have crept out in the last couple of weeks. So we'll go through those. And then for the main law topic, uh, we're going to talk about the novella War Queen by Darius Hinks. Mm. That was mm. the winner of our aos novella poll that we had last year so we'll go through that that'll be very exciting and then there'll be the return of the discussion topics at the end where yeah. we're going to go to the 40k universe and we're going to basically talk about which old school monsters could or would we like to return to the 40k environment Ooh, <laughs> and then that'll be the end of the show um so before we get stuck into the hobby stuff, uh, just a few quick things. Uh, if you enjoy what we do, if you enjoy this episode and everything else we've done, and you have the opportunity to, if you can go onto iTunes, give us a five-star review, that would be fantastic. It gets the show out there. Uh, if you'd like to support the show financially, uh, just to say, hey, guys, keep going, and all that sort of <laughs> stuff, <laughs> there's a, a link in the show notes uh, to coffee, which is a way we can throw us a few bucks or a few quid if you want to but again purely optional um 
our main source of social media activity is the old Twitter. So you can find us on Twitter at Realm and Ruin. Uh, there's also Facebook, facebook.com slash Realm and Ruin. And there's the fabulous Discord server that we have that we always bang on about. Um, feel free to come join us, join in the chat. That is, and the link will be for that in the show notes. Um, also, we mentioned, I think, last episode that we've got an upcoming competition. That's still in the works. Uh, Cameron and I have sort of finalised what we think the the way to enter will be, you know, what you'll have mm. to do. Yeah. Uh, we're just finalising that. But the, the main thing that's sort of slightly holding it up is sorting out the prize because it may be through a another benefactor. Ooh. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll see on that one. Yeah. So, like I said, yeah. hopefully next episode we'll be able to talk about the competition and give you a bit more details. Mm. So, yeah, all exciting stuff. So, <laughs> talking of exciting stuff, sir, what hobby stuff have you been up to? Um, This and that. It's been hot. Uh, <laughs> it's been hot and I've <laughs> been that playing fine Dark away. Souls again. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been doing dribs and drabs of hobby stuff. Uh, something that I feel I've routinely been forgetting to mention is I have actually been playing Wrath and Glory. <laughs> Um, a couple of times. So that's good. good. Um, so I, for New Year's, actually, so dredging back a couple of weeks, uh, I ran, oh, what's the, I ran Blessings Unheralded, which was sort of the preview adventure that they put out before releasing into the actual product and stuff, uh, for my partner. Uh, she played one character. I sort of took took charge of a couple of other support characters and that was a fun little <laughs> adventure um she doesn't know really much at all about 40k but she got into it she had fun which is great she does and now <laughs> yeah she knows some stuff now she knows what a fox walker is and she hates them because <laughs> they're really hard to deal with um <laughs> uh and i also ran effectively the first half of escape de rock which is sort of the actual preliminary introduction tutorial adventure mm-hmm. thing included in um some of the variation variation sort of packs or whatever the game you can get uh with my partner and one of our mutual friends um we cut it short because everyone had to go to bed early but we <laughs> had a great time um heavy bolters are really strong we learned that um <laughs> <laughs> good education there yeah yeah don't don't mess with a marine with a heavy bolter um <laughs> uh, game is fun it flows well um and like that starter stuff is really good because like neither of neither my partner nor, nor our friend really knew or indeed know much about warhammer but they know a little bit more now and they still had fun they could still get in the game um so yeah it's good i still enjoy it uh good. as for as for actual actual glue on fingers plastic on carpet modeling <laughs> and hobby stuff um <laughs> i thought that's another hobby you're talking about there <laughs> i just like to glue my fingers together <laughs> oh yeah that's no, my favorite my favorite thing to do is peel loose skin off after i've had a super glue miss out no um <laughs> god uh, i've been i've been working on yet more of my corrupted daughters of cane force that i said i would try and finish by the end of march and i'm gonna do it guys i promise probably it's it, it it'll, it'll be fine. It's only like late January. I'll get it done. Yeah, um, finally got plenty of time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've done some more painting. I've got four demonettes and another. So I've already finished a herald uh, as my test model. I've got another herald and four demonettes who are sort of like eighty percent done. Uh, I still need to do basing on everyone, of course. Uh, I've got like past that another bunch of demons who are primed but haven't got any other paint on them and i started the the slightly more ambitious part which is converting the kinnerai so the the flying witch elves 
uh, into demonettes, and uh, it was easier than I thought. Ta-da! Go. Oh. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we always like a happy story, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, my main concern was they're meant to be on 40mm bases, but to be run as demonettes or witch elves, they need to be on 25s. Uh, and I was really concerned oh, yeah. that, like, the, the overlean would make them fall over. Uh, but part of them being really thin plastic miniatures with tiny attachment points, like as thin as their little like hair thin tails, means they're also super lightweight. And so with like a tiny little bit of green stuff on one end of the base, they don't fall over at all. It's wonderful. They're very well balanced. <laughs> uh, and they're, they're like a super easy way to add more dyna- dynamism to a squad, I've found, like just mixing them mm-hmm. in with the regular more on foot witch elf demonet conversions that I have. Um... So, yeah, I'm happy with how those are going. If you're on our Discord, you've seen them. If you're on our Twitter, you've seen them, probably. Uh, still need to do, like, another five of those and a few more demon ads, and then I need to finish up the uh, the Exalted Seeker Chariot slash Bloodrack Shrine conversion, which is going to be the big centerpiece. Uh, and I need to finish up the Avatar slash Keeper of Secrets conversion and a million other things. But... It's continuing at a good pace, which is what matters. Excellent. Because you're, you're aiming for a thousand points, aren't you? Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, basically, I already have everything for that. I just need to build it and paint it because uh, my, my favorite thing is it's a thousand points for Chaos or Order because I can run them thousand points to Orders of Cain, although it's probably not a very well-optimized army. Or I can <laughs> run it or I can run as a thousand points host of Slanesh. Again, probably not super optimized, but you never know. So we'll see. Uh, that that will come down to actually playing the game, which <laughs> you know, famous last words. Yeah, yeah, we're a law <laughs> podcast. We don't play games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just read. We just sit around reading books. That's what we yeah, say. Yeah, play, exactly. um, <laughs> socialize. I'm gonna laugh, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of, speaking of reading books, I read Wanted Dead, the Necromunda themed novella. Oh that yeah, was really how was good. that? Yeah, I really really liked it. Um. For someone who doesn't know a ton about Necromundo, because I never really got into it, uh, mm. I, I know like about the main gangs and stuff, but that's about it. It was really nice, and it, it did that good thing where like characters are obviously relatable, and it's like it feels like just a dirty downtown adventure kind of thing, but it's also got those. <laughs> that's what it feels like. You're running <laughs> literally through the downtown. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, but no, no, it's really good. Um, I'm still not 100% sure on why the Necromundan gang overall archetypes exist, because, like, there's Goliaths, but there's Mm -hmm. 53 different Goliath gangs, and they all just happen to be, like, styled the same way, same with the Ashes (laughs) and things like that. I'm not 100% on that. I should probably actually read some proper Necromundan It could be like the Gene Stealer cults, you know, where they they Mm. all have slightly different markings, but ultimately they end up all looking the same because they're part of the same... Cult, maybe. Or, yeah, I don't know. I, I well, hopefully, like when we cover Necromunda, we'll know. Thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. We'll cover it eventually. We'll find out. Um, exactly. All, all that stuff is a little confusing, but you get the idea. Like, that women tend to gang together, and when women gang together, they form Escher gangs for whatever reason, etc. Um, it was a fun little mystery. It had a nice little twist at the end that wasn't totally foreseeable, which is great. Cool. Um, and it's written really well, and lesbians. Lesbians are in it, and I approve of more <laughs> proof proof of more sci-fi people of um other various sexualities and stuff it's, it's yeah cool. it's a good book. oh i did hear that yeah actually now you mm. now you mentioned that yeah i did sort of hear that rumor that that's what it involved no good it's yeah, again yeah. a bit of diversity it's all mm. good you know and it's by yeah. um mike brooks i think not to leave the author out of this 
Good mm. job, Mike. <laughs> um, I'm, sure I'm, just, always, I'm just looking at my shelf yeah, yeah, now. I'm like, uh, go for it. <laughs> who, who did that? I th- I'm pretty sure it was Mike Brooks. I'm not going to go. Yeah, it was Mike Brooks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember because he's the one with the very cool hairstyle in his Twitter profile. Oh, yeah. Mike, he's got a big, big, big mohawk, isn't he? Yeah, you got a, you got a sweet mohawk in that picture. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. I also picked up the Gloom Spike Gets Gap Battle Tome. Uh, yesterday, which is good. Um, God, that's a, it's a cool book. There's like a lot of it is stuff we kind of already knew. You know, like, the Moon, Moon Clan Grots are like this, the Spider Fan Grots are like this, the Trogoths are like this, but it, like, this is how they got together, and this is what it's like for them now. There's all kinds of really cool stuff I'm sure we'll cover in depth at some point in a proper episode yes. about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, it also has, like, a million and one battalions in it. <laughs> yeah, I noticed, yeah. <laughs> Just, like, I was flicking through, like, oh, yeah, here's the big battalion. What are these little sub-things on the next page? It's like, there's one big one-page battalion, like, normal, and the next page has three battalions in, like, little rectangles. I'm like, oh, and I just flip over and does the same thing for, like, five more pages. I'm like, wow. <laughs> you can do a lot with these. Um, and, God, I'm so tempted by, like, the idea of a squiggle anch, but I gotta... Yeah. I gotta, I gotta finish up Daughters of Cain first. Um... <laughs> Remember your 2019 goals, Cameron? Mm, yeah, I got I got to do that first. Mm, focus, focus. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um no, it's, it's been good in general. Uh like I went in yesterday to get Gloomspike kits. I also did some of the painting for the Deem Nets in there. I actually ran into um the the guy who sold me my very first Games Workshop model ever, although he obviously didn't recognize me because I've changed a lot since then. Um <laughs> It's good it was good to see he's still around in the community. We had a nice little yeah. chat. Yeah, yeah, it's great. The, you'd never imagine that the uh, the little round child he sold a box of Termagants to, like, 12 years ago, would still be around in it, but here I am. <laughs> exactly, and you just said, look, I'm now one half of a groundbreaking Warhammer podcast that is oh, loved crap. by... I forgot to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was great. Oh, also, when I was at the store, some people were playing Horus Heresy. It lives. Um, <laughs> so that's nice. Also, one of them had the uh, the Spartan Assault Tank from Forge World, and that's a lot bigger than I thought it was, and it's really pretty, and I can't get one. Not allowed. I'm not going <laughs> to let myself do that. <laughs> oh, the temptation. <laughs> oh, the temptation. No, nah, no. Nah. Um, so that, that's my hobby. I didn't do a lot, but I'm, I'm getting there, and I'm having fun, which is all that's important. Damn right. Remember that. <laughs> everyone have fun yeah. that's the most important thing and when i talk about some frustration shortly remember yes. that <laughs> <laughs> right cool nice one all right my turn uh right mine when i go through all my hobby stuff you'll notice there's a very aos theme to mm. everything when i was looking at everything that i've done either read or bought i'm like everything is <laughs> aos <laughs> i'm really on an aos sort of uh cruise at the moment i think mm. it's because i like to switch between them obviously because i know we we cover mm. both of them but i do love both universes and i'm thinking oh i've been really into 40k recently you know in sort of the yeah. end of last year i was really you know into it whereas now i think right now let's let's mix it up and i think it was actually you know reading about the gloom spike gets that sort of made me think oh, oh i love it when and you know a new book comes mm. out so that is one of the obviously one of the first things i did buy in in recent times like you i've got the battle tome because i just can't wait to read about it to be honest i mean i've, mm. I've started reading it but like i said i need yeah. to properly get stuck into it and again it's so tempting isn't it when you look at him he's like no 
Mm. <laughs> Stay on focus. Do not buy them. I mean, I'm not. It must admit, I'm not. I've never been a massive fan from a collecting point of view. Mm. Uh, orcs and goblins, or you know, of yeah. that ilk. You know, either in yeah. 40k or old school fantasy. But there's just something about them that I just mm. love. I just think this that they're, they're so quirky. Their rules are fantastic. Um, oh, yeah. I'm loving the you know the moon going from one end of the board to the other. That's so that just really mixes things up. So mm. yeah, like I said uh, from what I've briefly looked at, get that battle tome. Even if you're not going to collect them it is such a good book it's just an enjoyable mm. read so far and i can imagine oh, yeah. it's gonna just keep on that as well so <laughs> yeah that's one thing i bought what else have i bought um i bought some third party heads as well Ooh. some um from cromlech so mm. i thought you know for my some of my because i'm now going to start building some of my stormcast and i thought right yeah. i want something to differentiate some of these units so I've heard that these heads were particularly good. Found a really good deal on eBay. They're like five or six quid for a pack of ten. Um, you can you get two the resin made ones. Mm, they sort of look yeah. like old school knights with hoods. So yeah. to be fair, you could probably use them for dark angels if you wanted to. <laughs> They're sort of very good, much got that theme. Sort of mm. one half of the box, so one you know set of five has really got that old school knight theme. The other ones yeah. have got a slightly more futuristic look, but I think you could probably get away with them oh, in yeah. AOS maybe um, if yeah. you did a bit of bit of filing <laughs> and things no, like that. So no, I think just, you, say, but, just say they're from like Chamon or something. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> they just put a big bolt of metal on the front and that mm. and that's why they've ended up that way <laughs> so yeah i've got those uh ready um and i've also bought a a unit of five uh adjudicators as well mm-hmm. another ebay bargain one well, that, that's what i'm pretty good for finding those sort of things you know we like just have a little little look around and i think hmm so i put a cheeky little offer in that's the worst yeah, thing you yeah. can do with me. Put a, oh, you know yeah. when you put best offer, I'm like, yep, yeah, put one in, <laughs> and I have a habit of knocking people down, so it's pretty pretty good. So I've got those <laughs> to build. Uh, talking of building, um, it's been frustrating because I've not really done any hobby stuff, which is annoying because obviously that's one of the main things I mm, wanted to do mm. this year. Uh, mainly just because of life stuff, really. Um, yeah. I went to to build some Stormcast last weekend. I you know I was on our Discord. I was like, yep, yeah, Sunday I'm going to start building some bits properly. And then life gets in the way and it's, you know, there's nothing you can really do about it. You know, I suppose I've got, you know, I've got a young baby, I've got, you know, other other commitments, mm. uh, nothing to do with Warhammer. And it's like, oh, you know, just things crop up or, you know, DIY stuff in my case. It's, you know, and it's, I suppose I'm, I get frustrated, but then I think, you know what, that's just the way things are. We all, we've mm. all got things that get in the way. So, you know, so be it really. So. Uh, one thing I did, well, I, I, I did mention it last episode, but I edited it out because of because <laughs> I had to cut down the the episode length. That basically one of the guys that's joined my team at work, who was part of a different team uh, previously, he's into Warhammer, and I was like, ah, okay. So I asked her, you know, I asked him a few questions of, you know, does he play? He says he hasn't played for about a year, but he's really more into mm. the AOS side of things, and. The good thing is he's told me about a few local clubs in my area that are, that I didn't realize were there, either there or were still going. So that's my plan now. So they, I've seen that they do have a AOS night on, a, I think, a Wednesday. So my plan is, is you know, is quick, well, within reason, get a thousand points of Stormcast built and then turn up and play. You know, just keep it simple. Mm. Just mm. build 
and play. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, so that's my uh, plan. So hopefully I'll actually be able to, in the next couple of months, uh, start gaming. Uh, yeah. Right, what else? Um, Reading-wise, I've done it, Cameron. I finally did it. <laughs> I finally read Plague Garden. Um, after your recommendation on yeah. multiple occasions, I finally did it. Got around to actually reading it, and it is great. <laughs> I, yes. I, it is such a good novel. As you've said before, Josh Reynolds is awesome at writing, mm. obviously, in general, but he's very good at doing Stormcast and the AOS yeah, side of yeah. things. And that book just proves it. You know, you if you've re- read some of the Realmgate War books, uh, you'll recognize some of the characters in it, like mm. Gardas and people like that. Uh, again, I can't really say much because I don't want to spoil it for people that haven't read it. But, yeah, it's good. Like I said, if you want a solid AOS book, that is one to look at. Um, yeah, it's Stormcast, but they're not. It's not all you know your stereotypical mm. fight yeah. scenes. Yes, there is obviously, yeah. but the Nurgle side of things is oh. fantastic. Yes, arguably yes. better. <laughs> the you know the garden itself, the way it's described, is fantastic. Yeah. I think the 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 knights in it, the sort of yeah, <laughs> Nurgle yeah. knights, their honor <laughs> and things like that. Again, I I won't say too much because you need to read it, but you definitely see a side of the Nurgle side of things that you wouldn't necessary expect at times so like i said it's been around for a little while now i think it's about 18 months old this book so if you said if you want a solid aos book and you've not read it check out play garden uh what else i have read obviously war queen funny enough so Mm. i've thoroughly enjoyed that but we'll cover that shortly later um and lastly i am working my way through hammerhal i think i mentioned i got it ages ago and i started it but you know other other priorities yeah. got in the way, so I ended up reading something else. So <laughs> it's, uh, for people who don't know, Hammerhal and Other Stories is one of these little collections that they have on, that you can get for, on paperback and like audiobook, but they're generally quite cheap as well. So you can get like mm. the, you can get the paperback for like three pounds and it, but it is actually a sizable novel as well. So it's, yeah. it's generally yeah. comes with one main story, which in this case is obviously called Hammerhal. And then you've got a collection of, you know other related stories the the 40k version is called crusade and also i think there is a they did sacrosanct as well which is the mm, sort of more yeah. recent aos version of it as well uh so yeah i'm about almost halfway through that thoroughly good as well so yeah it's been a lot of a lot of aos stuff going on so uh so yeah i've been reading buying not doing much hobby stuff um actually one last thing before we finish the hobby section it was a conversation that we were having on our discord last night because one of my one of the things i feel holds me back from doing hobby stuff apart from obviously time (laughs) which is obviously a premium when you're an adult uh is and it's something i didn't really have to deal with when i've been previously in the hobby is and i've probably mentioned it before it's like sprue marks and mold line removing and stuff like that it's i know it's part of the hobby and you know there's not much you can really do about it you've got to sort of deal with it but i i know i'd be interested to know if anyone listening is the same in the same sort of boat because i what one of my sort of biggest things or i have to deal with is that you know you you, you get your right, so you get your, your unit out it's still on the spruce right right i'm going to build this unit and i love i love the building process i think it's one of my favorite mm-hmm. bits mm-hmm. you know you, okay you cut it out the spruce it's it's then that next bit where you're right i need to I need to, you know, remove the little nub things that are still on there. I need to, you know, file it down. I need to, mm. you know, remove any mold lines and things like that. And it's one of those things, and I was saying it last night, that I don't find the actual 
doing it frustrating because you know it's mm. quite it can be quite therapeutic in its own sort of weird way i think it's the fear of doing something wrong yeah in the sense yeah. that in the sense that and you could say that with painting but at the end of the day you strip you can strip you know if you've made a real disaster with a paint job you you mm. can strip it back and start again whereas if you like me be a bit cack-handed with things and then you take a big chunk out of the model with your hobby knife or mm. you shave it a bit too low it's like oh you know this i know that you can use like li- liquid green stuff and there's things like that but there's nothing mm. you know it's like mm, i didn't mean to do that and it's now yeah not yeah. necessarily ruined but uh, i don't know do you know what do you know what i mean cameron do you have that oh sort yeah of? yeah um I mean, the reason I love making Nurgle models so much is those are much easier to hide because you just <laughs> dig them a little deeper. <laughs> you dig them a little deeper and suddenly you're all good. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely feel the same frustration when like, for me, it's always, you know, those those little like hip flaps on Marines where it's not the actual leg armor. They have to, like that little flap of armor on the side of the hip. Yeah. 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 For me, that's yeah. always I the bit it. that ends up with a big divot in it. I'm like, oh God, this is a whole thing. Should I just cut the whole bit off say he doesn't have that piece of armor <laughs> should i yeah it's it's uh. I, I it's i know there's probably people listening that think <laughs> we'll get over it and I, I i totally agree as well it's not like i'm not moaning as such it's more of a no. you know when it's one of those things where you just i think i've sort of got a bit of a mental block with it in the mm. sense that i think it holds me I, i'm probably caring too much because ultimately oh, yeah. everything i build now I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not, I've never been an amazing painter. I've always been an average painter at best. So I, I'm not there for display purposes, really. Anything I build mm. now really is to, you know, eventually play. So, so I, you know, in my, in my head, I'm thinking, you know, one part of my head's going, oh no, it must be perfect. It needs to, you know, look this great. And then there's the other part of me thinking, what are you worried about? If you're going to be mm. playing it anyway, it's only going to be tabletop standard anyway. <laughs> so what are you worried about? And like I said, I suppose you can get away with it being battle damage as well. Mm. You know, yes. Yeah. If you take a bit of a, bit of too much of a cut into a shield and things like that, you know, mm. it's, yeah, it's just one of those things. I'm, I'm just more just, reeling off my thoughts <laughs> more than anything but like i said i i did watch a few videos on youtube just and i got a bit more you know advice i mean i know how to do it it's not it's not um like i don't know what i'm doing it's more um if there's a better way of doing it you know where you can think ah if i just do that slightly different then mm. i won't hit those frustrations as much yeah. um you know but like i said if there's anyone listening and you think you know what this is how i go about things let me know you know contact me on twitter or on our, on our mm. website or anything just you know think you know what how, how have you dealt with you know have you had that similar sort of issue uh, it makes it sound like this is a some sort of um, therapy call-in <laughs> show <now. laughs> do you have oh, problems with sprue marks mm. Mm. you know just open a new channel in the discord for hobby therapy <laughs> yeah everyone can post their beat up minis and we'll say no no it's fine you can fix it <laughs> exactly I, th- I think back in the day, because I'm so more used to using metal models, because that's mm, what I grew up mm. with, I didn't really have that issue. You know, it just wasn't a thing. Yeah. You'd have the odd little bit of excess metal that you'd just literally twist off, or mm. and that'd be it. You know, there wasn't there wasn't as much plastic <laughs> back no. in the day. <laughs> so, you know, getting getting used to it. But hey, I digress. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so that's been our hobby stuff um we're going to take our first little break and then when we're back we're going to talk about the warhammer news back soon (laughs) right we're back and we're back to talk about some warhammer news what's been going on in the last couple of weeks oh yes (laughs) right what should we start with let's start with 
the gloom spite. So oh, we mentioned them yes. last episode. Wave one was out. So mm-hmm. obviously this is a two wave release. And now, as of today's recording, Saturday the nineteenth, uh, mm-hmm. second wave is now up for buying. I said yeah. you can actually go in your stores now and buy them. Mm. So this second wave is very focused around the you know the troll trogoth monster side of things. Mm. I think whereas yeah. the first one was more about the uh, the grots themselves. It's, it's all the big stuff, you know. Yeah, we've had, we've big, had all the little it. things. Now we've got all the big things. <laughs> exactly. That's what they. That's what they called this second wave. Big stuff. So. They probably did, actually. That sounds good. <laughs> Codename Big Stuff. <laughs> um, so, right, talking of Big Stuff, right, what should we start with? Um, let's let's start with the, the Trogoth. So you've got uh, a lovely kit, which can be the Dankhold Trogoth, or mm-hmm. you can upgrade it to a Dankhold Trog Boss, yes. which is a, a disgustingly lovely looking mm, yeah. miniature. God, it's what are you thinking? It's, it's so pretty. My favorite detail is I don't know if you've noticed for a necklace, it's wearing a dwarven cannon. Oh yes, it is actually. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? There's so much detail on this mm. miniature that, and that's on the that's on the actual yeah the trog off. Yeah, not no, as opposed to the boss. No, it's not on the boss. No. Yeah, no. In a weird way, I prefer the actual trog off to the trog oh, boss. Yeah. I think. Yeah, just I, I'm, miniature I'm wise. The same. It, he looks. Mina, just because he's got a much bigger club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not beat around the bush. It's, mm. He's got a bigger weapon. <laughs> Which, actually, now I'm looking closer, the head of the big club is a dwarven statue. There's a lot of dwarf stuff oh, on yeah. these minis. I've just yeah. started noticing. <laughs> yeah, so go, go onto the GW website, find the mm. Dankhold Trogoth Trog Boss, and then just spend an hour there, because you'll probably find stuff. Oh, that yeah, you... there's so much. There's like... um. Actually, on the on the Trogoth, there's a mm. a mushroom at the top that's got little eyes and a little frog on, or toad on the top. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, which um, looks really cool. You know what that is? That's a people. What's that? <laughs> a people. Yeah. It's, it's a people. Oh right, okay. There's a there's yeah. a bit in the Gloom Spite uh, battle tomes. Mild spoilers. Uh, Scragrot turns mages that he captures into living mushrooms. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, I'm, I haven't got to that bit yet. Kind of, they yeah. have like little faces on them and everything, which is really <laughs> weird. <laughs> I, I mean, from a rules perspective, from what I've briefly mm. seen, these guys are boss. Oh. <laughs> they are really, really mm. tough. You, And this is obviously one thing that you'll see if you are interested in the Gloom Spite, is they're very, very diverse Oh yeah, faction. Yeah, you can have a lot of you know a lot of combinations of things. You can have obviously you could have a full Trogoth army. You could have a full mm-hmm. Moon Clan one. But I think the gist is that a nice little collection or little mixture is probably the best way to go with these. Yeah, and these boys are tough. They're very yeah. very tough indeed. They're also so, like reassuring because they actually have a rule called reassuring presence where they buff the bravery <laughs> of nearby goblin units because yeah. they're less afraid with a big friend. <laughs> Which is cute. Exactly, which makes <laughs> makes make sense. Mm. That's great. They obviously, you know, being a troll, they regenerate rip wounds and obviously mm. are very resistant to magic and things like that. Yeah, these these boys, well, the, all the Trogoth in general mm. are tough. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. they're, you know, if that's where you want to go, want your force, that's what you can do. They're up, they're set up for pre-order. Or sorry, yeah. not for pre-order, up for up buying sale. now. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Right, talking of Trogoths, you've also got the Rotgut Trogoths as well. Mm-hmm. Were they already there? 
Uh, just from memory, were uh, they? I don't think they're a new thing. I think they're a rebox, aren't they? I could be wrong on that. Oh, they are a resculpt. Um, yes, oh, I see. Yeah, they're the the old battle for skull pass styled trolls. That's basically. it. Yes, um, the ones that got reboxed would have been the the Fellwater Trogos, the the old. That's trolls, that's the ones I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Which those yeah. hold up really well. So fair mm, enough. Exactly. <laughs> They, they look really, really good. So, uh, mm-hmm. again, yeah, I mean, the, the Rock Gut Trolls come as a uh, unit of three. And, again, from remember what I heard about the rules, that's a very mm. tough unit as well. As yeah. a, a bunch yeah. of three, you can go in and they can cause a lot of problems. <laughs> and they're very cool indeed. So oh, yeah. they're, they're great models. Um, what else we got? We've got Ooh. the... Sneaky Snufflers. We're going a bit smaller now. We've <laughs> <laughs> so got yes. one of the best names you, you could imagine. So I think from memory, these are the guys that buff again buff on other units as well, aren't they? Yeah, these ones. Yeah, they um they feed mushrooms to nearby goblin units to give them more attacks. And yep. <laughs> I think I think the more times you target a single unit with that, um, they start taking mortal wounds from eating too many mushrooms. Or That's something right. Like that. Yes. <laughs> So, like, if you really want, you can, like, buff up a unit of 60 grots to have an extra plus three attacks each, but about, like, 46 of them are going to die or something. <laughs> but then you just br- use a, a loon shrine to yeah, bring them back. Yeah, bring so. the unit back. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. Exactly. It's God, so much good stuff. The Mangler Squigs. Everything here is... Mangler right, yeah. are amazing. <laughs> yep, they are supposed to be one of the well, from what I remember, one of the best units around as well, aren't they? Mm. They can be absolutely devastating because you got the the normal version and then you got the yeah. balloon boss yeah. as well. You can turn um, it into your unit. Yeah, the the really interesting thing is, so you know how monsters have degrading charts. Mm-hmm. So so do mangler squigs, but they degrade until they reach half wounds, and then for and then, they get, then they start getting better again until they're better, yeah. as yeah. good as yeah. they were when they're on just a couple of wounds left because they go crazy. <laughs> yeah, they have, a, they have a dip in form, and then they then they get it all back again. It's mm. such a again, it makes sense. It's it's mm. such a perfect mm. way to. I know obviously it's from a rules perspective, but it's such a perfect way to to put that across on the uh, on the tabletop it is also yeah. and it's just an awesome model i think mm. it's the the manga squigs are brilliant <laughs> and i think it's funny because when you actually look at the miniature especially the loon boss version mm. it's actually trying to pick out the loon boss you're like well, yeah. where is he because you're so focused on <laughs> on the squigs that you think, yeah. oh, it's that little guy with the helmet at the top oh yeah he's with his charge. mates <laughs> yeah. exactly and um and what i like again like you see with other factions is the fact that you know, like if I think if you have this loom boss on a manga mm. squig, it means obviously that that squigs become your battle line, and obviously mm. with the, uh, the going back to the trogoths, if you've got the the uh, the trog boss, then obviously trogoths become battle line and things yeah. like that. So, yeah. which makes sense. Um, what else have we got? We've got the um, gobber <laughs> gobber palooza yep. as well, <laughs> yep. which is, which looks like a um, a grot high council. <laughs> Pretty, uh, that's a, yeah, that's pretty much right, actually. <laughs> yeah. That's dead on our Red Day lore entry. <laughs> yeah, they're they're um, probably the most diverse of all the miniatures you'll see yeah. in the Gloom yeah. Spike. They're they're an interesting bunch. Um, yeah, they're they're interesting because you do have to take them as a whole. They're they're not a unit unit, but you have to take all five if you take them in an yes. army. But yeah, it's, it's similar to the Shade Spire ones, which is fun. Yeah, yeah. Mm. but yeah, excellent. So, they, cool. I love them. I don't know which one's my favorite. I think my, favorite, I think my is, favorite is the mask one, I think. Oh, yeah. Okay. My favorite is definitely the guy tripping out 
with visions of little, like, mushroom-headed snotlings jabbing him with sticks. <laughs> flying mushroom. <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't... <laughs> yeah, sorry, that one is equally as good as well. I, just, mm. I don't know, I, I, they're all good, to be fair. They're, they're all fantastic. Um, I don't remember much about the rules about them, so... I don't know. Are they actually a, a decent unit? Um, Rules they're wise? all right. They're kind of more buff focused. Like a couple of mm. them are wizards, which is it's a good way to get a couple of extra wizards in there. Um, and yep. mostly they're they've each got a different ability where you roll a dice and on like a three up you can buff a nearby unit with a different thing. Um, so they all serve some kind of purpose. Like the the guy with the mask is representing the sun, so he's scary. So he makes goblins advance and charge faster, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very awesome indeed. Um, and I think, and then you've got the the little loon boss as well, mm-hmm. which is the one that you'll recognise mainly from sort of being on the front cover of the uh, Battle Tome, yeah. which yeah. is the uh, the guy with the uh, bad moon helmet. Very cool. He's a very cool little miniature. Um, I like the fact that he's got like a moon, moon sort of shape scythe, and mm. I just, I just love his. I'll be honest. I, I keep thinking of peanut butter <laughs> jelly time every time I see him. I mean, like a lot he's of very people. Very nightmare before Christmas looking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he certainly is. So yeah, very cool little miniature. Um, and then lastly for the Gloom Spite, um, if you feel you've got some real money to burn, um, mm. and on the UK website here, 245 quid, you can buy the Squigglanch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, basically two Mangler Squigs, uh, three uh, units of the Squig Hoppers, and then two units of the Squig Herd. Yeah. So you're God. looking at, do the maths, you're looking at about 56 miniatures there mm-hmm. so yeah if you love those squigs get a squiggle lunch. <laughs> if you really if you really want that go for it um you better you better have a mortgage to take out <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly so uh yep yeah, all very very cool release so uh right what else we got let's switch it up to uh 40k let's mm. talk about urban conquest so yeah. urban Co- conquest is out now um I must admit, I thought it was. I'm glad at the, looking at the price because it's sixty pounds mm. over here. Because I thought it was going to be a lot more expensive than that. Yeah. So because yeah. there was rumours of same it being around the, the same price. Exactly that sort of ninety five pound range, and I was thinking mm. that's a lot for what it is. You know, you're not yeah. getting a, an army with it. Um. No. So it. So at this price, a bit more reasonable. Hmm. Um. So what do you think of this set then? I'm interested. I'm probably not going to spring for it myself. Um, mm-hmm. just cause I don't play that much. So yeah. getting, yeah. getting this specific thing that's less law focused and more here's how to do city campaign rules, um, is probably not so great for me personally. But if I ever do manage to play a lot, a lot more, maybe I will get it. I think it's definitely a good idea to have a box that's not want to try this army kid and it's more want to try these rules and here's yeah. some terrain and some objective markers and things like that. That's good. And yeah, ha- having that lowered price point for it is definitely for the best because, like you said, you're not you're not getting any of these fancy Primaris or anything in there. You're just getting some fallen down statues and some servitor bits and things like that. 
So I'm glad it exists, and I'm sure there's a lot of really interesting rule sets in there. Like I've heard some stuff about if you don't move in cover, you dig in and get plus two to your save instead of plus one and stuff like that. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Don't know if that's true. Don't <laughs> don't come after me, Games Workshop. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no, yeah, it's, you're it's, right. It's it's, it is a very good set for what it is. I, I, like mm. you, I probably won't buy this unless somehow I get really into actually playing 40k again. Mm. It, it, I like. I think, like we said before, it's perfect for if you're part of a gaming club. You know, yeah, uh, if you yeah. play, especially at, like an indie place, it's perfect because again, it just mixes things up. Um, you know, again, I suppose it's going to give a good narrative theme to things. Like I said, you get some cool rubbles and ruins um, and things like that. And like I said, it's just a different way to play, which I suppose, mm. you know, for some people, if you've been playing since the start of 8th edition, you know, it, it's been out for a little while now. You think, oh, you know, there's. You, I know you obviously get new codexes and things like that, but there's only so, you know, there's still the same ways to play. And again, I know mm. you get chapter approved with uh, new ways to play in that as well. But again, it only goes so far. So I think, again, anything that, you know, keeps that keeps the momentum going, this is a perfect example of that. So, mm. yeah, I think it's really good to be fair for for the people that are interested. And you know, it is a nice set. I, 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 I've read a bit about it. I think I need to watch a few videos to actually yeah. absorb. Yeah. You know, the actual like you the actual rule side of things just purely out of interest. Um, you know, but yeah, you can. I I can see. I remember reading that. I think you, you get it comes with a really cool little map that it's all like with obviously it's like modular type design and then you you can actually put it on your wall so if you've got a group of you, you can run mm. like a, a campaign like a narrative yeah, campaign yeah. i think the map like splits up so like the right side keeps track of what's going on mm. and the left side you know has something different on it so yeah, yeah it's and, you know I mean, for, that, what, for what it is good. very cool that's good especially yeah. like vigilist stuff being relatively recent like you can do that like fighting in the hives in, in vigilist yeah. that's one of the campaigns you can do with that it's, exactly. It's it's a, it's a more best specific product. It's not a, it's not a for everyone product. I think. No, exactly. I th- I think you you've got to be you you won't buy it for the sake like uh, for us that you know unless you properly play consistently, mm-hmm. it's probably not worth having. Like I said from a like I said from a law perspective, it. I mean, I haven't looked at the book, but I can imagine it's not it's going to be minimal <laughs> in there for that side of things. So yeah. for us, it's probably not worth it. But for a lot of people out there. It's definitely going to be worth it. So, mm. no, that is out now as well. So, uh, continuing <laughs> with the the 40K side of things, uh, I think it was a few days ago now. Yeah, it was yeah about earlier this week. We saw another Gene Steeler cult preview where yes. they showed off the Biophagus, mm-hmm. which is um, your friendly cultist doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to poke and prod and prod again. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what are you thinking of this miniature? I think he looks super cool. It is insane to me how much detail they're getting in kits these days. Like, you, mm-hmm. you look at him, he's got that belt of vials, and he's drawn one vial halfway out of the belt. And, like, everything looks really crisp. Everything looks super detailed. Um, I love the, the thematics as well. Like, he's the guy... He's the Gene Steel occultist who went to medical school, effectively. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like, he, he just hangs around the Medicaid wards, and his job is, I'm pretty sure we covered this in Vigilus last episode, uh, his job is to basically subtly manipulate the population to make them more susceptible to gene seal hypnosis and to, like, riding right. and yep. stuff. Like, yep. he, he's the guy who puts stuff in the water, or in this case, in, in your, like, cough medicine, I guess. Um, yeah, he'd, he'd be the <laughs> one who, who would deliberately corrupt your medication. You know, you're there, you're mm. there because you've got a slight cough and a cold. 
Oh, and so then he'll inject that in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he'll, he'll, he'll inject you, and then obviously when the cults start appearing, you suddenly mm. you know give in to their ways. Um, yeah. But he's but also he's a bit he's a bit Fabius Bile like as well in mm. the sense that he also especially on the tabletop he likes to ex- use his uh, experimentation on his yeah. Uh, yeah. on the um, aberrance, isn't it? So. Um, mm. Which is quite, and it shows off a, a bit of the rule as well. So, yeah. in obviously um, on the tabletop, he's pretty which good. is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I did it, see someone complain that he's actually better than Fabius Bile, which well, wouldn't off, take but, much. I mean, yeah, yeah rules wise, I wouldn't expect that. <laughs> to be fair, mm. Fabius Bile is very much in the uh, need of updating. But to be fair, mm. when they release the Emperor's Children Codex, which they will do, oh, then yeah. obviously Fabius Bio will get a lovely mm. upgrade. So, yeah, happy days. I, <laughs> I, I really want to see this guy on the tabletop, particularly because he affects um he he affects aberrant keyword, not aberrant the unit. So you can like upgrade the HQ aberrant with this. It, it yeah, would seem. that's true. So yeah. like get an abominant with an extra attack, and then give him the relic sledgehammer from Vigilus, because that's one of the relics. <laughs> is just a, it's the sacred sledgehammer, and it's terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. I mean, I I think I like I like because it shows off this rule, which is called Jim, um, which basically says this model can enhance one friendly uh, unit that is within one inch of the at the end of your movement phase. Roll a d6 on a one. One model from the selected unit is slain. Then roll mm. a d3 and refer to the table below to see what the bonus to survivors gain for the rest of the battle. And that's quite key as well. Rest of the battle. Yeah. Um, a unit can only be the target of this ability once per battle. And basically, on a one, it gets one strength. Two is toughness. Three is attacks. Yeah. So I like that. I like the fact, like I said, you roll a one and it kills one of them as well. Yeah. Like you just Which goes I guess badly that is the wrong. Risk. Of, you yeah, know, I buffed up this abominant with a relic and a warlord trait, and he just got a bad injection. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, no, I, I think it's I think it's really good. It's Again, it's thematic, and it's, it's such an awesome model. And actually, talking mm. of awesome models, we've got to talk about his little buddy as well. Mm. Yeah, the, uh, the little familiar. Alc- yeah, <laughs> he's lovely little... It's like a little oh. gene stealer. Yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah. Look at him. He's, he just he's really... just so small. <laughs> he's just... I never thought something that creepy would be that cute as well. Oh, yeah. He's just like, I just want to go, oh, no, he's adorable. And he's like, <laughs> look at him. He's, he's horrendous. But it's just something, something like I said, adorable about him as well. Mm. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Very, he's, he's very nice. cool. He gets, a, he gets a little assistant uh, who is very helpful because I think he lets you roll 2d3 and pick which one you want to use yeah something like that yeah he, he's yeah. the helper he's, he's got that big flask of steroids i guess is what yeah, it is yeah <laughs> God knows what it is. yeah it's it's very cool and again it's continuous the theme that we saw last episode when they revealed the other gene stealer cult ca- mm. characters not necessarily yeah. named characters but the the hq type units that or, or elites potentially it, it just shows that that's the way they're going with these that they, again this sort of remind again remind me of the death guard where you've got mm-hmm. a lot a lot of those single model units you know like your tally tally men and things like yeah. that just where they, they have got specific roles to to perform and obviously buff the the you know in some way the gene stealers or the uh, the cultists whatever you've mm. got so i think yeah i think they're heading in a really good direction and i think it shows they're not far away now i think they've, mm. they're showing these oh, bits off i think close I, re- I reckon they're like early february yeah i would say so i think because it's whether it gets in the way of um when 
a certain uh, chaos leader <laughs> arrives at Vigilus in March. So yeah, yeah, it's I think it's because obviously they they don't want it to clash with that particularly. Well, they may mm. do actually. They may run it into that as well because yeah, true. I suppose with obviously knowing that on Vigilus the Genius of the Occult have such a big presence, then yeah, that would make yeah. sense. So yeah, hmm, we'll see. We shall see that over the next couple of months. Right, <laughs> um, what's next? Um, actually, talk while we're here talking about Vigilus. There was a. Uh, an FAQ and errata that was released yes. this week as well to follow in the follow-up to obviously chapter approved 18 and the Vigilus Defiant book. Um, there's a few bits and bobs in there, but obviously there's one sort of particular standout moment <laughs> for people <laughs> where uh, Games Workshop did a bit of backtracking. So, I mean, I, I didn't read all of it, but basically for Harkin mm. World Claimer, they, um, they changed his rules and then they changed it back again, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, so, um, first off, they, initially he was, he, he affects all raptors within range for his reroll hit rolls of one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they went, wait, no, he's a Black Legion character. He affects all Black Legion raptors, and the whole world went, now who's gonna take him? Because <laughs> no one plays <laughs> Black Legion right now, and not even that many people play raptors, according to the online community. I'm sure there's plenty of people who play raptors out there, but like, yeah. His main utility was, he jumps down with some raptors, assassinates a light character, and then helps the raptors rampage through, like, light infantry. That's all he's super good for. Like, he, he's yep. not bad, but he's not amazing for the, for the price you're paying for him. And so, Games Workshop quickly saw the reaction to this and went, wait, no, no, no he affects all raptors. There you go. Yeah. It's not leisure specific. <laughs> la, 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 it never happened. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I saw a very good point, which again, not 100% on if this this is true or not, but apparently in the Chaos Marine Codex, raptors have their allegiance to the raptor cult first and then to their own legion second. So mm-hmm. like the idea of him affecting all raptors is not that bad. Like, No, it, it makes seems sense. like something that would work. So Yeah. I yeah. mean, I was, I was watching um, Kyrioth's video about it mm. as well. And then he made the point that, you know, this is the guy that, Abaddon is sent, mm. you know, ahead of him. You know, like, so yeah. this guy has got a lot of weight. He's not just a raptor <laughs> lord. He is, yeah. you know, he the is a big... lord. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, it's the fact that he would be only inspiring his own, you know, black, the own Black Legion raptors mm. wouldn't really make much sense. What, the, all the other raptors from the other traitor legions go nah mate don't worry about it i don't care (laughs) i'm not taking you seriously it just yeah it just wouldn't make any sense really so no i think and and also again the good thing is it just shows that gw are willing to do this as Mm. well the fact that you know they were like oh oh, no okay we'll change it back like they've not just left it they've actually yeah exactly (laughs) well done games workshop good on you uh right uh again also talking of rules and that sort of thing. Um, Imperial Knights in Horus Heresy have now got mm. rules for the Armager and Dominus Knights, which is, yep. you know, if you're into your Horus Heresy, good on you. <laughs> yeah, good for, good for you, those Happy two days. guys in my store. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I mean, no, it's, it's good. Again, it's it's something they don't have to do, but yeah. why not? You know, again, it's, mm. it's, it's nice when you've got those you know, slight crossovers like we've seen before where, you know, which will <laughs> funny enough go on to shortly where the, you know, this, the shit, you know, the, uh, the Warhammer underworld war bands mm, you can use in yeah. AOS, you know, and yeah. it's, it's that sort of crossover where you're like, you know what? Yeah. They're in the same, in the same universe. So why not? So, so yeah, if you go on the, you know, community website, you can download the rules for those as well. And I think also on Forge world, uh, yeah. So talking about war bands, um, we've, 
the scene ones we saw a while ago, which is the the God Sworn Hunt, which is the mm. Dark Oath warband, and then yep. Molog's Mob, which <laughs> is the uh, the Trogoth one. So yep. two very different warbands. I can't remember when we saw these. These were. Uh, uh, I don't think it was Blood and Glory. I think this was. It was before. Was this that. Nova? We I think it's like Nova, Nova around that yeah. time. They were revealed a while ago now, weren't it's, they? It's so, been a while we've been waiting, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they're on the horizon now. Obviously, Molog's mob is to tie in was obviously the Gloom Spike release, so, yeah. which, again, yeah. makes sense. I mean, that's a very diverse warband in the sense. It's just yeah. it's one elite unit and his friends, <laughs> <laughs> basically. Yeah. No, he looks so. really interesting. Like, they, they previewed the rules for both of these warbands, and the idea that basically Molog runs around doing everything while the squigs just help out and give support dice <laughs> yeah. is pretty great. Yeah. Like, um, especially the Stalag squig, which you place down anywhere on the board and then it doesn't move for the rest of the game. <laughs> 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 so, uh, yes, yeah, so you got those. And like I said, you've got the, the Godsworn hunt, which I think mm-hmm. a lot of people will be interested in as well, because again, yeah. a lot, I think we're very close at some point to a dark oath, proper oh, yeah. aos oh, release yeah. at some point i mean Please. i mean we can talk about dark oath <laughs> quite quite shortly actually when we talk about the main law topic but you know i think it's a it's a gorgeous looking warband obviously it'll play into aos as well no doubt mm-hmm. at this point slaves to darkness and again this one f- from reading the sort of preview of them they come across as a warband that's very jack of all really it's quite you know mm. it's got a good amount of people in it you know, but then it's still quite strong. It's quite fast. You know, it's a bit of a, yeah, you know, if yeah. you want a quite a, you know, general unit or sorry, general warband, I should say, then mm. this is one of the ones you want. And also they do a lot of buffing and things like that yeah. as well. So yeah, yeah some very <laughs> cool miniatures in that as well. Um, right. What else have we got? Right. We got to talk about what happened yesterday. Whew. Right. So yesterday, which would have been the 18th of January, you know, you mm. you just you know you get your your Forge World email, uh, you know, yeah. saying, "Oh, this is what <laughs> this is what's going to be released." You like, you know, it's Friday, obviously, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I I you know we're browsing it, and it's like, okay, yeah, you know, expected it to be you know some new Blood Bowl <laughs> miniature of some sort, you know, mm. whatever, mm. and then bang, what they reveal on us, they you know after saying they're not really going to do much with AOS on Forge World, yeah. they decide they're they're going to release some Stormcast Eternal heads. It's like, yeah. where did that come from? Mm. We were in, in <laughs> shock, weren't we? <laughs> I think that really took everyone by surprise. Everyone was a bit confused, but people seem to like the faces. They're good, they're good yeah, heads. Um, they are. It, it, it's funny that we got that excited about some Stormcast heads <laughs> that are just generic, you know, in, in the sense yeah. they're just generic heads. You, They're basically a set, there's two sets, a ten, one all male one all female which is good you know again a bit yeah, of diversity yeah. as well it, it's just funny that it shows that when forge world do stuff like this how you know <laughs> the, mm. it's the little things isn't it <laughs> that get people excited like oh yeah. heads it's like yeah they're applicable to lots of different things you don't have to use True. them on stormcast i've seen a lot of no. people saying yay space wolf heads and yeah space wolf heads go for it yeah Yep, yeah. Space Wolves and Plastic Sisters when they eventually come out. Or, Hold them in reserve. Mm. <laughs> Ready. <laughs> I do uh I do like the one with like the lightning bolt eye patch, which is nice. Yeah, they're they're very good. I mean, it, again, it's they're not 
badly priced either. Um, I think they're over here. They're about twelve pounds for you know a pack mm. of the ten, and which, as I said, if, if you get the uh, the male or the female ones. Yeah. And again, I think yeah. what's I think what people got most excited about, as opposed to the actual heads, which, like I said, are <laughs> decent, is the fact that they've sort of slightly gone against what they were hinting at that they are willing to do these sort of things that they're like, nah, we won't do much with AOS. And it's like, no, we are honey. And so obviously now people are thinking, well, they may do, they may do mm. shields now. They may do yeah. shoulder, <laughs> mm. shoulder pauldrons and things like that. You know, it's all, all those sort of things come to mind. So, you know, maybe they will. And, mm. and to be fair, I think, I know Forge World is in a bit of a funny place and has been for a while now with obviously we've had all that drama last year with the last chance to buy, especially with the heresy stuff where they're obviously getting rid of stock or getting rid of, you know, things that they think, ah, we don't need that anymore. But then maybe this is what there is to come. You know, maybe mm, they will be yeah. using that that space and resource and everything that they've now going to be freeing up with the stuff that they they've chosen mm. not to sell yeah. anymore that they yeah. will devote it towards doing these little cause like i said with forge world not everything has to be these these huge amazing no. uh, resin models no. they can be just little accessories like this this is where yeah. they also do really well i mean they've done it like i said for necromunda recently where you're getting all these you know ganger <laughs> upgrades sorry um do you know what i just realized um <laughs> What's that? You, you remember the uh the role models comic um the the, yeah. the eight age sigma one um, the, the bottom right female Stormcast head, I'm pretty sure is the female Stormcast from Role Models. <laughs> it could be, actually. Yeah, it could be, actually, because <laughs> I need to actually see that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, you, now you said that, you could be right, actually, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me, because, again, mm-hmm. the, the, the heads are very diverse as well, not yeah, just male yeah. and female as well. Lots of different hairstyles and scars yeah, and things. Yeah, exactly. So, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they've done that, and I'm just... <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> oh, there they are. Right. So the female heads. Which one are you talking about? Which uh, head? Bottom right. Bottom right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, got that's the very inspired. It's got the same expression as she does 90% of the comic, but she's yelling at everyone for being stupid. Mm. <laughs> there you go. I think that's a bit of inspiration has gone on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Well, talking of inspiration, um, I think this is the, the last news topic of this week is... Mm-hmm. Uh, the other week, they revealed the 2018 Mini of the Year for people yeah. that didn't know that basically on the community website, they put up a page where you could vote for your favorite miniature of 2018. <laughs> and they revealed the top three. Um, and to be honest, none of us are really overly surprised with the top no. three, I think. It was going to be know, one think- of these. It was going to be one yeah. of these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was going to so- be any model. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so in third place was the great and clean one, Yay. which I can't argue with that. It's <laughs> yeah. a, a gorgeously model. disgusting model. Mm, mm. <laughs> uh, number two was Marathi. Um, yeah. it's funny yeah. actually, cause they, with, with Marathi, I think they may have combined them because I remember on the yeah. voting site, you could actually vote for either, either normal or beast yeah, mode yeah. Marathi. Um, and then obviously number one was the noise Marine. Uh, I mean, I think this. <laughs> It's a funny one because obviously A is one of the last miniatures of the year. Yeah, <laughs> it just comes along. I think, I think that might be why, like, it's the one people remembered most easily as the yeah. sort of standout mini of the year. Because like, it just happened. This just released. Yeah. It's the best, exactly. Uh, but it's exactly. also the best mini of the year officially. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I I can't argue with it because I think to be fair, it just shows also that there's a massive load of nostalgia out there as well. Because oh, yeah. for a lot of people, that noise marine. Um, just 
it means so much. Like I said, mm. I remember the original as a kid and <laughs> the fact that they've redone it and made it so good. It's not just the oh, actual yeah. nostalgia as well. It's actually the sculpt, mm. the pose, everything about that model is fantastic. So I can see why it, it won, <laughs> to be honest. Um, who did you vote for in the end, actually, Sam? Uh, I, I did vote for Marathi, actually. <laughs> oh, like Which, me. So I, yeah, I voted Marathi yeah. as well. Um, yeah. I, I think it's very telling that all three winning things were Chaos or Chaos Corrupted Minis. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <clears throat> 2019 year of, year of Chaos coming back to us all, please. More who said that? More, more Slanesh, more, more Black Legion, more. Empress children, everything, please. Well, and also, what I thought was quite—I don't know if you spotted it—is that if you look Mm. at the top three, you've got a forty k miniature, an AOS one, and Mm. one that can go in in both as well. Yeah, that's true. So you've literally got you got the whole range (laughs) there. (laughs) Poor Lord of the Rings sat in the corner. I know you've got to sleep. It's got you know, it's got its minis, but you know, they're not. Unfortunately, they're not going to compete popularity wise no, with these ones no. so so no I, I like i said i think the top three i mean i, I could have seen marathi easily be number oh, one yeah. as well i think yeah to be fair without seeing the results i imagine it would brim quite close to be fair so mm-hmm. but who knows who knows ah, well so games yeah. workshop knows and they're not telling us so <laughs> exactly they're keeping it from us <laughs> damn secrets uh so yeah so that's um 2018 mini of the year and yeah. i think that's it for the news it's like i said yeah, it's been more or less you know um yeah uh, i mean off the top of my head um oh, oh actually pre-order this week for zero dollars you can get eight chapters from the new warhammer adventures for kids books to, as a preview. oh yes so if you want to check out what that's like without spending money uh pre-order that i guess and you can get yourself like a little sampler I definitely plan to. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just want to see what it's like before I inevitably go out and buy it because we're definitely, definitely 100% not a joke going to cover that on the show at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> on no the doubt. cards. Oh, yeah. yes. See if we can so, get yeah. a tenant for it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dave, you've got nothing to do, mate, have you? <laughs> do you want to come on our show <laughs> so yeah so that is the news for the last couple of weeks like i said we've had a nice mixed bag of things um like i said we can take our next little break now and then when we're back we're gonna talk about war queen back Whoa. soon welcome back everyone it's main lord topic time yeah <laughs> and we're here to talk about war queen so yeah so war queen was as i said earlier the winner of our twitter poll where we said which mm-hmm. of the recent aos novellas do you want us to talk about and the winner was which we sort of thought was going to be the winner anyway yeah. was war queen by darius hinks hooray let's Yay. talk about the dark oath <laughs> so so as as per every time we cover mm. a novel or book mm. get ready this <coughs> is a realm and ruin spoiler warning so be prepared that we're gonna we're gonna that's yes that that wasn't a uh thing we just edited in it's actually us singing you wouldn't yeah. have thought that no you so. never think i'm a professional <laughs> singer who occasionally does it for money <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man so yeah so this is what we're going to be talking about and as always i'll read the uh the back on Mm. the back of the old book yeah give us that blurb in the scarred wastelands to the south of the great potch the dark oath tribes dominate through ritual and slaughter Mm. 
Devoted to Zinch, the chaos god of change, their wild savagery has been transformed into something far greater and more potent. For centuries, the tribes have ruled the arid plains, unbeaten and untamed, even as kingdoms rose and fell around them. But now, with the Blood God's legions massing at their borders, Dark Oath War Queen Vedra the Sworn finds treachery and deceit at the heart of her own army. Years of dark service to Zinch have left her warriors obsessed with strange creeds and wayward cults. As she battles to forge a nation, Vedra must put her own faith to the test and learn the true nature of sacrifice and power. So yes, that's the back of the yeah. book. Lovely family. Um, so. Yeah, exactly. It's like um, Swiss Robinson here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Brady Bunch. Um, yeah, so Vedra and friends. So as... <laughs> so the Dark um, Bunch and... <laughs> oh, man. God. I've got the wrong images now. Yeah. So, uh, so Cameron, what, before we get into the, mm. the, uh, the meat of it, the disgusting meat of it, yeah. what do you think about it? Uh, yeah, I quite liked this book. Um, again, I've really liked all the novellas that I've read so far. Um, oh, God, that's the one I forgot to talk about. I, f- I forgot to mention I read Auric Gods as well. So I'm getting my way oh. through them. Yeah. You're uh, a machine, sir. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, they're like, they're like a two hour read, but. Mm. <laughs> don't, don't play it down. Don't play it down. Don't tell people that. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. They're, they're you know, very you're short. smashing through these books. Yeah. Yeah, apparently. Um, mm. Yeah, no, uh, but again, it's one of those short reads. So when you write, it has to be shortened to the point. But Mr. Darius Hinks, uh, you've done very good because you've still managed to get all kinds of Zinchian complexities. <laughs> just crammed them all into this very short uh, novella experience, which is great. Um, it flows nicely. It's got great descriptive things. It's got good characterization. And it does interesting things. With the law, which is all I ask for. Do interesting things. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think it's well written and I think it's fun to read and I had fun reading it. And I'm probably going to reread it a couple of times after the show <laughs> because yeah. it was Yeah, good. I wouldn't disagree with that. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's, it is very good. And I think it's the right sort of length for what it's trying to do as well. Mm. You yeah. know, it's one of those where in a different time this could be a bigger book i think as a novella it works because ultimately it's in based on the actual story mm, that happens yeah. uh, obviously this is her you know this is the the big battle before they go out into the bigger world so you know it, I, you couldn't have got a full novel out of this i no, don't think no. um it would have been really too stretched um obviously her as a character in a different scenario in a different realm for example that mm. would work but i think yeah. based on the way they want this to roll out Mm. it it works um i think as well because obviously there's a big focus around dark oath obviously because that's what she is that and they're obviously a faction that you know are still up and coming in you know yeah. from a law perspective so we only know so much you know obviously i'm sure like i said when they do get eventually their own battle tome or part of a battle tome then we'll know more about them but you know you let's be honest if you if you know stuff about conan the barbarian and that side of things <laughs> a lot of this will not be too far amiss really yeah um yeah you know and i think one thing i really loved about this is her as a character because mm. vedra is she is badass i know oh, we yeah. use that expression with a, a lot of the things we talk about but she truly is a badass character mm. and 
I think also it's lovely to see a very you know a very badass female character as well mm. uh, in a lot of these novels. I mean, you do see it in other novellas, and I'm sure when we talk about the you know the Sisters of Battle novella mm. uh, next episode, that it'll be you know be the same with that as well. But it's that it's great that it's irrelevant that you know that she's female. Really, she is just yeah. at the end of the day, she's the lead, the you know the the leader of this particular Dark Oath, which is called the which is basically a collection of war bands, isn't it? Called mm. the Untamed, basically. Yeah. So for sort of for context in the story, she's basically um, made the other chieftains submit. Really, she's just basically mm. dominated all you know through just how good she is as a warrior and as a leader. She's mm. basically put all the take taken all these particular dark oath war bands and um, you know basically brought them all together to be one big army you know and yeah. that's unheard of with the dark oath you know they're very you know very territorial very you know mm. uh, you know they they <laughs> they are very focused on their their sort of backgrounds and their beliefs as it said in the blurb i mean actually talking of the beliefs side of mm. things we'll, we'll talk about that now actually um Obviously, well, that's that is a big thing that you see throughout this novella. That when you do see hints about the Dark Oath, they're very focused on their, like I said, their rituals, their uh, the ways that, that they think this should be done. What did you sort of think about that side of things? It was super interesting, and it mm. was it gave a lot of depth as well. Because, like you said, this this Dark Oath army, the Untamed, they're basically an amalgamation of all these different s- smaller clans. Mm-hmm. And while they have like the unifying culture in their worship of Zinch, they each each clan has a sort of individual culture depending on where they're from. So there's like <laughs> there, there's the guys that I immediately thought of as the guys from Bloodborne who wear the cages on their heads. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then you know there, there's the guy who does nothing but drink hallucinogens and speak through the crow he's Trip out, into yeah. his chest. <laughs> And yeah, things like yeah. that. Um, but it, it adds a lot of depth because it feels like these are tribes that are being brought from over a large area because they control mm. quite a large area. Like, it's a significant portion of where in Akshi, the flame of fi- the plane of fire, the realm of fire, incidentally, um, uh, yeah, they, they right. control quite a large area of land and they control it because they, as worshippers of Zinch, have banded together. It's like, we're not all exactly the same, but we all believe in Zinch. And we all believe Corn should get the hell out. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's 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 one of those mono monotheistic forces. Like Zinch is the best god, um, but we all worship Zinch in different ways, obviously. Yeah, and and that's quite key to it. The the way they they go about dealing with Zinch, because obviously the way Vedra deal well uses Zinch, if your Zinch mm. uses her, depends which way you want to look at it, that it differs to the rest of a lot of the, the other chieftains and tribes. So yeah. so for the vast bulk of her force and, and I said, the other chieftains, they're basically, you know, uh, supporting and praying to Zinch like you would expect anyone mm. to. Whereas from her perspective, she's not doing it, I think, for the love of Zinch. She's doing it because, well... Zinch is helping us out. He's giving yeah. us power. So, you know, it'd be silly me not to do it in his name, but she's not like fully sold on Zinch. That's the way it comes mm. across throughout that she's doing it more, not, I wouldn't say for her own benefit. I'm not saying she's doing it like in a corrupt way that <laughs> she's going, mm. all right, I'll, I'll mm. believe, you know, I'll, I'll believe in Zinch. I'll, I'll be a Zinch follower and do everything in his name. 
and then haha i'm going to change my mind at the last minute it's not <laughs> like that it's more that that she's she sees it in a different light where obviously you've got some very fanatical followers in her entourage um that you know they're pro, pro true you know zinchen um followers mm. but from her perspective it's just like it's a it's a means to an end isn't it right yeah, yeah. okay we'll believe in zinch it'll get us what we want at the end of the day i'm not too fussed that's how it <laughs> that's how it comes across with her which is you know it's quite interesting and and also what i found particularly interesting and and good mm. to see is that you've got in a, in essence you've got chaos versus chaos in this which is not unheard mm. of i you know no. wrath and rapture that's a <laughs> perfect example and it's quite good actually for people that that are in this mindset which is we all do whereas you know it's all good and bad and everything like that or who's the good guys who's the bad guys and in this sense it's Mm. bad versus bad theoretically it's chaos versus chaos but but then in turn you you know you do start rooting for for vedra and Mm. and obviously your family and things like that so it's quite you know (laughs) quite a unique sort of way to to look at it really you know i just Mm. i thought that was really good the way they dealt with that um Actually, talking of because you mentioned obviously they they have a large part of this particular realm, so they're, mm. it's based around the the arid plains from memory. So yeah. they've you know they've got a good you know portion of this. So if you imagine they've got all these all these tribes together taking over this particular point, and one thing I found really fascinating, and I think it's probably my one of my favourite bits of this whole novella that's mm. throughout is I love the fact that she's discovering things about the outside world that she had no concept of and you know and it's it's easy for you know for us when you you know you're reading a a, an aos novella and it'd be the same if you're reading a 40k one you know if you've got a you know a a general knowledge of the the way the universe works is you you know you you can hear something being described and go oh that's an orc isn't it you know you know like to, to for most people but to her she's like is that one of those stormcast eternals you know it's like it's, it's like you know and it's quite funny because you think mm. she is a powerful war leader with mm. you know with thousands and thousands hundreds of thousands of of uh followers and and warriors behind her she's you know devoted to a prominent chaos god like zinch yet mm-hmm. she has she's like oh is that those dwardin that people talk about you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. it's like and it, and it just it, what do what did you think of that side of things I, I liked it. Um, again, hey, we mentioned this in the in the big super show last year, but uh, Age of Sigma is really big. It's yes. huge. It like, really is. You can be you can be a very important person in your local area and not know anything about the world as a whole. Effectively, I mean, you know, <laughs> not to be weird, but it's like, hey, I, I came from this small town. Here I am in the big city. Oh, look at all these people with their different cultures, etc., etc., etc. Uh, it's just in this case, it's I got captured by corn barbarians and I'm being forced to fight in the gladiator pit. I've heard of a dark elf. I think that's one, <laughs> but it might be an Iden of Deepkin, but I definitely haven't heard about those. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. it feels like. And, and it, it's, it, I think that's great because again, it, it puts some perspective and it, and it, and it actually reinforces that thought because like I said, it's so easy to think of the mortal realms in that in that sort of quite enclosed mm. thing it's the yeah. same it's same with 40k because with 40k again it you it it feels like you're in a in a bit of a microcosm but you're not there's mm. so much distance like 
there's there's worlds there's so many planets in 40k where they don't even know what a space marine is they don't oh, yeah. know what chaos the, is and the you know angels and, and come it, down once every five thousand years to take children exactly <laughs> that's what that's the thing which when you're in like i said when you know the knowledge of space marines that that sounds bizarre doesn't it what well, they don't know about them everyone mm. knows about them it's like no yeah yeah only only <laughs> certain parts of the galaxy know about it. it's the same with the mortal realms they're mm. so big that just because she is a huge dark oath war leader and chieftain doesn't mean she knows what a dwarden mm. is she may yeah. have heard of them but she may never have come across them if they you know if they've never ventured into her path or vice versa Mm, that yeah. um and you know and, it, and it, i think it's quite funny because obviously one of the key things she's trying to do at the start of the novel cause basically again for context and and cameron hinted at it <laughs> just a second ago is that basically they're about to have a a big fight with this uh last sort of corn army that's in in the arid plains which is basically a load of blood warriors and mm basically she ends up getting sort of double crossed and captured and like camera said ends up being in uh, effectively a gladiator mm. and and then has to, has to obviously escape and it's funny because obviously the the reason she is or get you know gathering all these tribes together to sort of take on these blood warriors and obviously wipe them off is so then like go right okay we've completely taken out everyone in these arid plains mm. let's move on to the big she's actually aiming to move out to the bigger world yeah and it's like you know this is the the last thing yeah and i mean that fits in with the lore as well because you know most of actually was conquered by cornate warriors under korgos cool and have been like chaos strongholds ever since even during the age of sigma so it makes sense that big pun throat uh makes sense (laughs) (laughs) it makes sense that she sort of uh doesn't know about all these things because to build this massive empire that she's the leader of to build these giant armies she's had to fight a bunch of cornate warriors and no one else because no one else lived after the after corn swept through the area effectively yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's a good way of looking at it, actually and i think it it just sort of it just shows that that you know she's having to deal with all these different scenarios and Mm. It, you know for for her it's it's almost and i suppose it's for the rest of the dark oath it's almost like a formality isn't it the way yeah. that this situation comes across it's like right yeah there's a few blood warriors in the corner yeah mm. we'll take them out and then we'll move on you know no one else has put up much of a fight yeah um you know but but like um but like you said earlier the the whole double cross side of things um which again this is a very big spoiler so like I said, if you are intending on reading this book, this is a big spoiler coming up now. Um, that basically she gets double crossed by her sorcerer. Mm. Um, well, I say her sorcerer. I suppose what he's he's like a bit of a a guide, uh, an yeah. aid, isn't he? As such, yeah, of a, like called a tribal tribal elder. I, I yeah, say is kind of the position. Exactly, and he basically double crosses her because basically he says that for her to you know win this fight because uh, like like we know that they're very into their rituals and obviously Mm. one of the things that you see right at the start of the the novella is that they they get enveloped in this what they call need fire which basically makes them see visions and things like that and obviously the vision that supposedly is going to happen is that she needs to take out the leader of these blood Mm. warriors which is a a character called kral who is known Mm. as the blood marshal um and he's a big he's a big guy as well he's a big boy (laughs) Yeah, um, yeah, he had a great in description. 
incidentally. Like, he's something mm. out of Hellraiser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny you should say that, because that is the image I... The similar yeah. image when, they, when they're describing his face and head. It's mm. It sounds vile. He's, he's like... A, yeah, he's a head made no, of mouths, basically. <laughs> yeah. And he's got, like, really small little black eyes as well. Mm, like, you could yeah. almost miss his eyes. He doesn't look like he's got any. <laughs> And he's three times the size, roughly, of a blood warrior, which is massive mm. anyway. Yeah, um, he's yeah. you know in massive cornate armor. He and he he acts like a statue because there's times where he doesn't even react mm. <laughs> when when Vedra <laughs> is mouthing off off to him as well. Mm. And yeah, it's just so it sounds so imposing as well. And I thought what was quite good actually talking about the corn side of things because having read a lot of the Realmsgate war books and obviously like you said you hear about um about cool and his um and obviously his his uh band it's it's funny these got the the sort of blood warriors in this that it's it was uh, nice to see him from a slightly different perspective that mm. you actually see the details like you've got you know when they when they get stabbed it's like they've got almost lava flowing through their veins literally mm. lava thrown through their veins um you know they they don't they don't come across as just just savage cornate blood for the blood god you know they're actually quite regimental because there's times mm. where the blood warriors are getting described and they're they're in formation you know yeah, they're actually yeah. you know they're, they're not these rampaging crazy you know for blood warriors that you think they're going to be you know mm. i just thought it was sort of quite i was like oh that's not what i was expecting <laughs> i suppose you do see a slightly different side of the corn things because like is when you see the blood reavers in the yeah, in the gladiator yeah. pits, for example. That's the corn um, side of things that you expect to see. Again, for context, there's a a point where there's a blood reaver that um, ends up chanting, and then AC turns into feels like it's going to turn into a, <laughs> a, a demon of corn. Actually, I was going to ask you what what because mm. I was trying to look into it. what is that chanting supposed to be? Because I was trying to find some some sort of information about that. Do you um, know what that's supposed my, to my- be? Best guess is be like basically a codified prayer to corn mm. slash chaos undivided. It's a little uncertain mm. which god specific, like presumably corn, they're blood reavers, but mm. it feels, it feels like a basically, if I chant this prayer, corn will start channeling power into me. And if I'm good enough, I'll become a cornate champion. And if I'm not good enough, I'll become a chaos spawn, which is, <laughs> yeah, uh, surprise, surprise, what happens? Um, mm. Because, like, there, there are, she goes through a lot of gladiatorial fights, and every time a Blood Reaver shows up, they try this, and most of the time they get killed before anything too bad happens, and then mm-hmm. one time, you know, one guy gets left alone for too long and just turns into a pile of tentacles and teeth, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which she uh, hacks the, the hell out of afterwards, because mm. he ends up killing one of her brothers. Um, yeah, it was just, like I said, it was just great to see the sort of, you know, the, almost like they said, the two sides of corn, because again, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm generalizing here, but there's a lot of people out there that probably think that the corn eight side of things is just crazy blood for the blood God mm. side of things, mm. which yeah, with the blood reavers, that sort of is. Cause you know, they're, and you get a bit of description with them as well. Cause I think they describe them where they've got, they, you know, replace their teeth with like little needles yeah, and, yeah. and, and all these crazy stuff you, you, you see. Um, which is quite funny because obviously you sort of associate that with things with like Sinesh and, you know, that sort of, you know, well, manipulating your body to a degree. Yeah. I don't mean the, the, the fury. I'm sort of more saying the, the, you know, manipulation of yeah, your, sort of yeah. the way you look. Um, but yeah, I, I think, like I said, the, the actual blood warrior side was actually quite, 
haunting in a way you know where they mm. when they're describing the is it the abattoir i think that's the name of the fortress yeah, that yeah. is called that's basically the the fortress that they end up um challenging and where she ends up getting trapped and yeah it's, again i just thought it was quite an interesting parallel mm. yeah um, i mean like um everyone like you said goes for blood for the blood gods skulls for the skull throne i'm gonna go crazy with an axe but corn is also like the chaos god of righteous combat and honor and organized fighting mm. and things like that. Like anything that spills blood is fine, but he also likes martial things in general. So like he's 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 into like regimented combat and honor jewels and things like that. They're all great. Uh it's just like ninety percent of his followers are too lazy to deal with that, I guess, and just go, No blood for the blood god. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. grab an axe and that's an act of worship. And Khan's like, Yeah, sure. And you know, then the actual blood warriors, the actual blessed ones, are the ones that fully embody what corn's what corn wants in someone. Which is, yes, we kill a lot of things, but yes, we also, you know, have a code of conduct to a degree. Mm. We we do things certain ways, you know. And you know, corn wants prayer as well. Even he likes a little attention directly. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I, I just thought it it added another layer to. Mm to corn in general because like i said it's so easy to sort of think that that's just the way things are and like i said the sort of the martial co- code that you're referring to that's actually a very good point as well because i suppose you, we see that in the in the uh the gladiator fights that mm. sort of take a big chunk up of the the latter part of the novella where she's basically trapped and having to you know basically fight for her life on these really funky platforms that keep moving <laughs> yeah. around and, mm. and weapons appearing on the floor and, and yeah. things like that um also, I thought that those particular scenes, obviously, yes, they're the, the main fight scenes of the of the book. Mm. But at the same time, what I thought it was a clever way of introducing people to other races within the mortal realms as well. Because yeah. obviously, yeah. you know, the whole point of these novellas is, well, I presume anyways, to obviously get, give everyone a, you know, a broad look at, you know, for people that either haven't started the hobby or wanting to get into you know the background side of things so it's a good way of actually uh seeing all these different races so we get we get all sorts don't we, we get uh we get a trogoth we get some blood reavers yeah. we get uh, a warrior priest um yeah yep. dark elf um you get, oh, a, we get? a fire slayer because you get a fire slayer glows when he fights which is yep. yeah <laughs> <laughs> we get we get a um a zealot as well a sort of mm. a sigmar Sigma yeah, zealots of some sort. Basically. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 Um, I think you get another elf as well. It's more of a, I presume, more like a, a general elf as opposed yeah, to a dark a, elf. A high style elf as opposed to the dark yeah. elf, Ideneth styled elf. Exactly. I, I so, like that because Vedra doesn't know anything. We're not sure is, oh, is this like an Ideneth Akelian that got captured or is this, yeah. uh, is this just one of the mercenary Druchi styled elves? yeah exactly and i think i think that's what i found quite interesting because even as someone that knows all the races it was in factions it was quite it felt like a bit of a game you know when they're describing a, a particular character and like that's uh oh is it oh yeah that's a dark elf isn't it you know it's sort of, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> and it's good because you're seeing it from her perspective that she's not just spelling it out and going oh look it's one of you know it's yeah. one of those fire warriors whereas all you hear is it is that it's a you know a shorter individual with a big beard that looks a bit like a mm. barrel yeah. and <laughs> and and basically you know is uh 
glowing with runes and stuff. And then, mm. oh, it's, and then I think her brother says, oh, it's, that's one of those Duardin, isn't it? But obviously, like I said, you take, you get, well, you know, clearly, yes, it is a Duardin, but from the description, but then you're like, oh, it actually sounds like it's a fire slayer. It's like, you know, mm. it's that next, next step up, isn't it? Yeah. Not just yeah. a, a normal Duardin, it's a fire slayer. Um, so I, I thought that was really good because again, it, it's, again, it, it made sense. So it made, it, it became a bit of a, for people that are not that are not sure about the different factions, it was a bit of a mm. you know learning experience, and for us that are more experienced, it felt like a game. <laughs> <I'm guessing> <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah, which yeah, is, which is and, really uh, good. And of course, there's there's the best prisoner for guess who they are, which is it's the Stormcast Eternals Lord Ordinator who gets captured. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because again, because I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting a Stormcast Eternal to be. No, <laughs> to be in, no. to be trapped and, and imprisoned. <laughs> no, exactly. I was that was very uh, shocking, actually, and and it's quite interesting because there's that the bit where he's using some piece of appar- apparatus that mm. that basically uses to call in other stormcast. Now, this is interesting because this is something I wasn't. I don't remember ever really reading about unless it is somewhere in the law and I've missed it. So basically, he's got some. So, so this sort of piece of of this gear, it's like I can't remember what he gets described as. It's sort of he pulls yeah. it apart, doesn't he? And it's sort of got mm. dials and all these sort yeah. of things. And obviously, you know, Vedra's looking at him, going, "What on earth is that?" And obviously, it shines light. You know, because at first, before he says he's an ordinator, I thought maybe he had like a lantern, so like he was like a Lord yeah, Castellan yeah. or something. Um, but obviously, he says he's an ordinator, so you're like, okay, he's a Lord mm. Ordinator. And so, as he's fighting, it's. It mentions that the device is drawing power from like the lava that's contained mm, within the mm. within the abattoir, and and then obviously you know hits the fan, and obviously all of a sudden Stormcast appear, yeah, <laughs> with a big with a big star drake and things like <laughs> like that. Surprise! But, it was a teleport home. <laughs> well, that's that's basically what it was. It was yeah. like a, it was like a beacon, wasn't it? And and mm. it was it was quite. I I don't know. It sort of, and it was one of those situations where I thought, well, that's that's not something I'm familiar with. But then I suppose, mm. obviously, the Lord Ordinators are the you know the engineering side of yeah. the Stormcast. Yeah. You know, so it, it feels, sort of makes um, sense. Yeah, it feels like they coordinated with maybe like is it the Knight Azeros that has the they can call in people to deep strike near them. That's right. Yes. The, yeah. Yes. Yeah. The idea with them is it's like the light of Azir is so strong in them that. That people can be sent directly next to them instead of nine inches away from enemies. Um, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so clearly, that's like that's what like the light inside the device is, but we don't know how the mm. device works or exactly what it is because clearly, Lord Ordinators don't get to do this on the tabletop. So no, no, that's <laughs> true. It's um and and also what I quite talking about the Stormcast because obviously there's a big fight between the mm. the the Star Drake well I presume it's a Lord Castellan on on the Star Drake against um against Kral and obviously they have a big fight and then Ve- mm. you know Vedra escapes and things like that and what I quite liked is the fact that you don't know who won but you know who won mm. <laughs> isn't it doesn't tell you because obviously at that point Vedra escapes and and then obviously the the uh, the Blood Warriors appear so obviously shows that they did defeat the the storm cast obviously because yeah, they wouldn't be there yeah. otherwise because i can't imagine they just did a runner um <laughs> it's not a very corn thing to do <laughs> so mm. yeah i just thought that was quite you know again it's subtle you know it's a simple thing but it's quite clever that it's like right oh yeah there's the blood warriors they've turned up so clearly they won because <laughs> obviously she's left them all behind so you yeah, know i thought that was yeah. uh, that was really good 
And it had um, um, that that nice moment where she ran into the Lord Ordinator on the way out, and they're like, "Next time we see each other, we're going to try and kill each other." But we'll yeah, give us, we'll give each other this one out because you made sure they didn't find the device when I was in the prison cell. Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, because again, it's sort of that situation where you've got, like I said, it sounds crazy. You've got a Stormcast Eternal and a Dark Oath War Queen, and like mm. I said, they've sort of there's that bit where. Yeah, they could have fought each other because obviously she's trying to do. She's trying to escape to get back, mm. obviously, back home to take her revenge out on uh, Alamus, who's obviously um, yeah. betrayed her. So it's quite novel that, like I said, they have that sort of. Well, I've done a good thing for you. You've done a good thing for me. We're even. But all oh, next time, whoa, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. wrap my fist around you. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, but that again, that sort of makes sense. And again, it. it it yet again reinforces the. I know I've said it. I haven't said it for a while actually. <laughs> you know there is no rule book in the, yeah, in the AOS yeah. law. You can do what you want. I know there is actually I mean, a rule book, but yeah. Well, um, yeah. No, I, yeah. I know what you mean. It's like if if this was if this was forty k for example, and say like not necessarily a heretic, but like a secessionist from the Imperium had helped a space marine escape. The space marine would have shot them. <laughs> exactly. That's what I mean. So it just shows that. Not everything is black and white, you know. Everything is good mm. and evil. Like it's like we said earlier, where you've got chaos versus chaos. It you know mm. it it can happen. And actually, yeah. going on a slight tangent, when I'm <laughs> obviously I'm li- <laughs> I'm li- you know I'm reading Hammerhall at the moment and the other stories. But there is a yeah. a story where basically some Stormcast and Manfred von Karstein mm. team up mm. to fight chaos. You know, so again, yeah. you know, that's two factions that wouldn't really team up to help, but the situation yeah. Yeah. dictated it. So it, um, why not? It, it plays in with things like you just finished reading Plague Garden. Uh, mm-hmm. Minor spoilers: there's an ex Chaos Warrior in the Stormcast, which if you kept up with the yes. whole Realmgate Wars things, you know about. Like mm-hmm. it, this is this is AOS. Like people can change. Ha, Zinch joke. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> like there, there doesn't always need to be immediate animosity between factions because there can be higher stakes, or people can change allegiances and things like that. Yeah, exactly. And, and again, going back to Plain Garden, there's also not that character, but obviously there's there's sort of basically where there's a, a Nurgle knight helping out the Stormcast. I know slightly against their will initially, but then you know they do help out slightly when yeah. they don't really need to as well. So yeah, again, well, it's just they those. They to help, you know, and they're a knight, so you know they. So they <laughs> exactly, it's all about honor and things like that. So mm. yeah, I can. I can totally get that, and I think it's nice that we're seeing this as a common theme now between all these different you know, novels. That that is the thing that can happen. That not everything is, yeah, mm. you know, Stormcast on the good side, Corn on the bad side. That's the way it is. You know, it's it's not yeah. just that, and I think it's great yeah. that they put that across. Um, one thing as well I wanted to touch upon mm. was the importance of family in this as well, yes. which I thought was quite prominent. So Vedra and her family. And obviously, the way that the Dark Oath work is, you would, and as you would expect, is that because she's obviously, you know, War Queen in charge of everyone, her family are basically, you know, next down in line. So, mm. you know, so you've got these bickering chieftains that are, you know, a bit jealous that obviously mm-hmm. that you know family members are, are sort of above them in the pecking order. And you know, and as you as you as it comes across in the novella, she's got you know quite a few brothers and sisters she's got cousins you know got a massive family amongst her, all the different mm. tribes there and it's amazing again it's it's sort of you know trying to go against those particular tropes where uh, you know she, she's a mm. oh i'm a big bad chaos leader and i don't care about anything <laughs> apart from 
battle, but she cares about her family massively throughout the whole yeah. Um, not, yeah. you know, book. Um, so what did you think about that? Uh, I think it's good. It's, <clears throat> it's always, in my opinion, good to humanize your potential villains because, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll probably mention again, but when I read this book, it really feels like it would be an amazing setup for an excellent, like, chaos villain. Like, Vedra breaks yeah. out into the greater world, you know, levels up, becomes, you know, whatever she becomes, etc. Levels um, up, yeah. Yeah, yeah effectively. Um, <laughs> but it's always good to have more, like, and I mean, in general, they're Dark Oath, they're villains, clearly. They worship chaos, they want to tear down ordered civilization, things like that. But they have these very human traits because they are human. That's why they turn to chaos, because, you know, to survive in a place like the Plains of Akshi, you have to turn to something. You either work together under the ordinances of Sigmar's warriors, or, you know, you work with the Dwarden, or you work with the elves, but eventually you end up having to rely on something. In their case, they ended up relying on a greater power in the form of chaos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, but they still care for each other, They, they have... They have normal human lives. They just occasionally, you know, light a giant blue fire and jump into it to have hallucinations. Yeah. <laughs> Effectively. Yeah. You know? Um, no, they're, they're people. Of course they have families. Where yeah, do you think, exactly. Where do you think Zinch warriors come from? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's... It, but it's easy to forget that side of things. So it's, mm. it's good mm. that that's, like I said, a quite a prominent thing. It, and for people... You know, for me, it felt like Game of Thrones, really, um, mm. for people that are yeah, familiar yeah. with it. It sort of... It feels like that where, you know, you've got, you know, in air quotes, the good families, the bad families, but ultimately they care about, you know, their family. Mm. So even if one of them is king or queen at one point, that... You know that they obviously want to make sure that their family members are okay. Either either they're with them in person or they're you know miles away. Because obviously that's again one of yeah. the things she's trying to get back to. You know, back to where they they're from because obviously she knows that because she's been double crossed and things like that. Then her, her family are at risk. Obviously, we see a few mm. family members. You know, particularly some of her brothers and sisters end up getting killed through mm. all the different fights, but. It's quite clear that she's like trying to, you know, uh, get back and and you know basically help out what's remaining of her family. But you know, it's it's almost it's almost as as strong as her revenge on Alam on uh, Alamus as well. Mm, um, mm. And actually, that's quite talking about the family. I want the, the I love the bit with is her name Arva. I think that's her name anyway. Mm, um, yes. The yeah. um, I think it's her. It's one of her cousins, isn't it? I think mm. was it sister. I think is it's it her younger youngest sister? sister. Younger yeah. sister. That's it. Sorry. It's younger sister. And she gets the help of her cousin, the, like a, mm. you know, youngish, uh, boy cousin, I think from memory. Yeah. Mm. So Arva is, uh, back, you know, so while this is all going on, all the gladiator fights, uh, in, mm-hmm. in the abattoir and for context as well, she's there for about a year. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's the other thing I want to add as well, because obviously <laughs> you don't, you only find that out, n- you know, near the end of the novel that obviously from, from reading it, you feel like it's happening in a week, whereas, no. <laughs> whereas reality she's been there is, a she's, long time. <laughs> a long time, exactly. She's been there about a year. So, so in that time, Arva is basically ended up being a servant for uh, Liartas. Liartas, mm. I think that's his name. Yeah. Anyway, he was basically one of the chieftains of that was under Vedra, who didn't particularly take to her. So mm. the the plan is that Alamus is going to make him king of you know make him sort of chieftain of all the tribes but obviously mm. alamus has got you know he's a, a zinch uh boy so he's going to be up to some no good um mm-hmm. but i love that tree scene that was one of my yeah. favorite yeah bit so so basically arva you know lashes out at 
at Leotas uh, because he's drunk and winds her up, and he's mm. he's been always very suspicious of her <laughs> throughout the yeah. since uh, <laughs> you know since all the things that have gone on, and so one of the things that the the uh, Dark Oath have is they have this uh, particular tree which I. Um, forget the name of Cinderglass tree. Cinderglass, yeah, I think that's yeah. what it's called. Um, so basically, it's a he, she, he, you know, her, her, sorry, him and his guards, you know, rush her up to to this particular tree. Um, to you know, because because obviously she's she's stabbed him or wounded him in mm. uh, basically in self defense, really. But you know, yeah. he obviously takes it. He takes advantage of that situation. So this particular tree, because I was trying to, I was trying to visualize it. Because it's quite, mm. there's a lot of description in this in this particular scene or couple of scenes. So it's it's like is it it's like a big tree that's obviously got almost like these zombified sort of still alive bodies that are now part of it that are former mm. victims that have been. Is that how I? That's how I. Yeah. Saw, yeah. It's saw sort it. of it. It doesn't absorb people, but it basically burns them while keeping yeah. their soul trapped in their remains. So there's a bunch of like half skeletons that still yeah. move very slightly, but they can't speak obviously because there's no vocal cords or anything left. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it, it's their it's their trial for are you telling? It, it's their version of the uh, the dunk the witch in the well test. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is great because it's, it's um they they chain you to the tree and then they come yep. back the next morning. Now, if if you've been taken away and eaten by animals who have, like, you know, chewed through your restraints and taken you for food, you were mm-hmm. lying and you were dishonest and you did the crime. <laughs> exactly. If the tree over the course of the night has grown over you and burned you to death, you were telling the truth and you were true for of Zinch and now you'll be <laughs> yeah. happy because you're part of the tree forever. I'm like, what? Exactly. <laughs> it's like, that's pretty lose-lose situation there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's what it is. It is horrific because like you said, you basically you're either going to die to, to, you know, feral animals or you're going mm. to die from and be absorbed by a tree forever. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's not a nice experience. I mean, I mean, it's quite, and even the sort of description of it is quite graphic. So, you know, they chain her to the tree. It ends up burning her back, you know, because obviously it's literally a mm. hot, molten, on fire yeah. tree as such. Um, and then what they do is they take some tar and then they put it behind the back of her eyelid. So just to mm. just to make the experience even nicer, you basically can't have your eyes permanently open throughout the yeah. whole experience. No blinking. Um, no, <laughs> yeah, no blinking, sir. Um, and then... You've got this lovely situation where the roots will start, you know, inching their way up slowly over the, mm. the course of the of the night. And I think there's I think it describes that they go for the eyes first. So you've got these yeah. like needle like yeah. branches that are like literally inches away from your exposed eyes. Um yeah. and you can't do much about it really. So nope. yeah, <laughs> that's a lovely experience that these dark oaths mm. like getting up to. Mm. <laughs> but it, again, it's quite fitting, you know, because it's quite it's that sort of tribal-esque mm. way of doing things where you know when, yeah. like i said if you, as a logical person that's that's just madness but no you know it's in honor of zinch it's our you know it's our ways it's our rituals mm. that's how we do things um yeah you know and it's obviously at the detriment to her si- yeah. you know her younger sister luckily she managed to escape spoiler um mm. thanks to Crowboy, who is a, another bizarre I know you touched upon him earlier. Another bizarre mm. character. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. There's that. There's a chieftain which I can. Is I think is it is it Cortis? I think his name is from memory. Yeah, yeah. It's something um, crow like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something crow like. So yeah, he's 
uh, yeah, yeah, it's Corvus. Sorry, not Cortis. Yeah, Corvus yeah. is his name. He's a he's basically a spirit seer for one of the tribes, and he's basically obviously got the you know the look of a quite a, a thin, frail man, but basically mm. he's got a crow that talks for him and is ch- literally embedded in his chest. Yeah. yeah. Um, and his mouth is like sewn up, isn't it? And just mm. obviously, you know, it makes expressions, but obviously the crow talks with him. That sounds something out of a horror film. That sounds mm. absolutely creepy. Oh yeah. But and, very um, zinch. <laughs> he, he's so he's important because he's always having visions. So he's not allowed to touch the ground. So all these servants carry him around everywhere. Yeah, it's <laughs> great, but in a, in a very, I said in a very very creepy way. So mm. he he mm. obviously helps helps out and frees her from this situation so they can you know, get their revenge, so to speak. Um, yeah, I mean, and you know, sort of the way it ends up because. I think we've covered most of the things <laughs> that that, uh, that this book shows, but yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, there's the ending, obviously. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The end. Yeah. Well, yeah. Do, yeah. Go ahead. What What do you think of the yeah. ending? Um, I think it's interesting, and again, it's it's this falls under it introduces new things, new possibilities, uh, because the ending effectively is Vedra makes her way back home just as the ritual to like in state Leotis as the new chieftain with Alamus as the power behind him uh, is taking mm-hmm. place. You know, a year's passed, it's time for the ritual again, Needfire is summoned, that big blue flame. Uh, of course, she jumps in to fight <laughs> fight Alamus effectively. Um, at the same time, all the, all the blood warriors have kind of organized and said, we've had enough of this, we need more fighting. <laughs> the Stormcast have taken or killed all our prisoners. So uh, we'll go take on those Dark Oath really quickly and sort of assemble a massive army that shows up at around the same time. Uh, and in order to defeat Alamus, who is, has the backing of Zinch, and, you know, there's a greater demon slash Zinch himself is watching and sort of interfering. I think it's a greater demon. Um, yeah, Vedra, Vedra yeah. uh, uses the chant that the Blood Reavers kept using every gladiatorial fight, and she survives and becomes something new, effectively. Like, the, the implication, I think, is, like, demon demonhood? Like maybe yeah, she became it, it, a demon prince, effectively. It, yeah, it's it's an odd one because because obviously she's getting the the same sort of morphing that the the mm-hmm. blood reavers have, where their their you know their muscles go red and ex- keep expanding, you know, something like, like incredible Hulk like. Where, yeah. but but like I said, it, but then it's it comes across like she's still in control of what she's doing, and she's like it doesn't really mm-hmm. fully describe the way she ends up being because it's no. almost like the it. It's almost like she ha- has the morphing, but then at that point, does she carry on morphing, or does she almost yeah. go back to how she looks? You know, originally, it's sort of you don't yeah. really know. Yeah, part um, of me feels but- it's maybe like that. She just got really big and really strong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like she had she had clear status bestowed on her effectively. Yeah, because because yeah. the, the thing is, they clearly recognise it's her. There's, you know, because mm. when Arthur and her cousin sort of, you know, spot what's going on, they go, oh, well, that's Vedra coming out of, out of that situation. It's like, well, mm. if she was that, you know, that, you know, morphed, yeah. then yeah. she wouldn't, they wouldn't recognize her. So she's got to be quite in looking of how how she normally is anyway. So yeah. I, yeah. that's how it comes across. But yeah. Um, and I, then, I, um, I, oh, sorry. Yeah. Go on. No, no, carry on. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then the big thing there is that, um, 
Kral, the, the the sort of the Blood Lord, um, wasn't running those gladiatorial games just for nothing. He was looking for something in one of the contestants, like some ineffable spark, some quality. Uh, and clearly, Fedra is the one that had it because she's the one who spoke this oath and you know did <laughs> die slash turn into a giant chaos spawn. Uh, and so <laughs> the ending of the book is. The Dark Oath tribes kneel down, and the Blood Warrior army also kneels down, and you have this presumably uneasy alliance between Zinchin and Korn worshippers, mm-hmm. um, because Vedra is very clearly in charge now. Yes, <laughs> exactly, and it's 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 interesting to see actually what she's now going to what she would be now considered because. I said, mm. is she converted from Zinch to Corn, or is she both, or is she undivided? Yeah. You know, it's sort of a bit, mm. it's up in the air, actually, what she's now is. Um, <laughs> you know, and she brings the, the amber rain down as well, so to speak. That's what I think it actually describes at the end. So, yeah, it's, I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a really good ending. I mean, it, it sort of half goes as you would expect it, where, you know, she mm. gets revenge, but then, it, you know, it's not, you know, I wouldn't expect Kral and his blood warriors to be kneeling down with to her at the end of it. No, <laughs> I'll be honest, no, that, that, that was that, a bit of a an interesting surprise. twist. <laughs> yes, exactly. But again, it just shows that anything can happen, and that that you know things will massively change. So yeah, I I I think overall, yeah, you, you like we said at the start, you do have your 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 standard action scenes, which are all very good. You know, they're very graphic. She's tough as hell but you know she still takes a beating as well but i think like we said these little subtle things that you see like you know the shift in between the gods the importance of family mm. the respect because you know because ultimately she's had respect from the stormcast eternal she's had respect from mm. the blood marshal of a of mm. a cornate <laughs> army you know and things like that as well as obviously respect of her her family um you know we've had the situation a lot of situations where she's unsure of the outside world so you know for what feels like a very isolated situation it it feels like i know i sort of hinted about it earlier but it does feel like a a microcosm of the greater world you know where Mm. things do change the the lines are not are sorry the lines are blurred um (laughs) there is there is the realms are that big that you know people that you think would know stuff don't know stuff you know it's things like that so I think, you know, as a representation, it does it spot on, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So, um, is there anything you wanted to add before we um, finish up this section? Wrapping my brain, no. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good book, even though we've spoiled yeah. it all for you, if you for some yeah. reason listen to this. It's like, it's like £3 slash $7. Go buy it. It's good. <laughs> yeah, it honestly is. It's, I mean, I, I, I must admit, this is the first of the novellas that, of this section that I've uh, read and mm. it, like I said, it's fantastic. And again, I think it's great to read when you're into your AOS books, but you want to get away from the normal stuff, i.e. the mm. stormcast mm. and thing. I know there is a bit of stormcast in this, but it's, they're just a, a little bit in this anyway. So, you know, if you've, cause again, a lot of people start with the realm gate war books and they, you know, I, I know I'm repeating myself many times, but they, they are a mixed bag. So, in my opinion anyway so if you want to you know like when i spoke well and we've spoken about city of secrets for example a few you know a fair few episodes ago and when i've um you know banged on about callus and toll where it shows a different side to mm-hmm. the mortal realms this is another example yes you've got your fights you've got your you know your blood warriors and things like that but you'll see you know you'll read things in this book where it's like oh okay i didn't really realize mm-hmm. that so you know and like cameron said it's not expensive 
it's not very long. It's about 160 to 70 pages. So, you know, you can smash it generally quite quickly. Read it. Yeah. It's worth it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we're both really pleased with it. So, you know, and many more to come, hopefully. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that's been our main law topic. Um, so we're going to take our last little break. And then we'll, after that, come back to our discussion topic, where we're going to talk about some monsters. Back soon. <laughs> Welcome back. And we're going to talk about ye monsters. In the 40k Why? universe. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's the discussion topic time. Uh, it's back after it's had its little Christmas and New Year break because we didn't have one last episode because it was too damn big. Mm. So, <laughs> so this episode we're going to basically ask... Uh, it's basically inspired from the, the recent reveal of the dreaded Amble that mm. was uh, announced, obviously, for... Blackstone Fortress. So we're basically saying, what old school monsters slash creatures would you like to see return to the 40k universe? Or, you know, I mean, some of them haven't really gone away, but you know, <laughs> they're not in bring the, them to the f- in the spotlight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What would you like to see reveal? So we'll um, we'll give a couple of our sort of votes, basically, what mm-hmm. we feel we'd like to return, and then after Cameron and I have done ours, uh, then we'll hit onto our Discord and Twitter and see what other people have said about this particular question all right yeah, so yeah. so kick us kicks off cameron what's your cool. first uh, i'm gonna start with something that i'm sure is a fan favorite but i didn't see anyone mention uh it's the terror squirrel um, <laughs> spelled spelled with a p at the front because it's patera as in like terror as in pterodactyl yeah yeah um it's it's basically a fluffy squirrel with little skin membrane wings uh it has, and you know, they're very cute. They're very fluffy. They're very abundant. Uh, and usually they eat fruit and they're very domesticated. And then every few generations, there's just an entire generation of them that are horrific carnivores that attack anything and everything. And then the generation <laughs> after that is normal squirrels again, basically. <laughs> oh, they're, so I'm just looking at, I'm just looking at them now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that little, that little drawing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you can't trust the squirrels, what? Well, oh mm. God! Yeah, man, what can uh, you trust? I, I, look, I've loved these guys for a long time. I think it was one of the Ravenna books that had like a side note mention of like a character that was afraid of them or something like that. Maybe, <laughs> understandably, my, my brain is misremembering. Is like, or hell, it might even be one of like the Siafis Kane books or something. Um. But ever ever since I heard it's just a squirrel with wings, which is as terrifying as it sounds, I was like, yes, <laughs> these are awesome. Uh, and I think in particular with, like, Games Workshops had a real trend lately of small animal models. Well, mm. also, well not animals, necessarily. Small, cute models. Let's go with that. Because we <laughs> yeah, started yeah, yeah. off with Nurglings. We've got Brimstone Horrors are on and yep. not as many things. Lovely. But Nurglings are everywhere. Uh, you got dogs, you've got the birds for stormcast and all that. They, they figured out that pets sell really well. And yeah, so I think. Not just in real life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think like, I know like an imperial citizens pack slash like, I know some spe- specific guard regiment where one of the models was the little terror squirrel for whatever reason would be amazing. Um. <laughs> <laughs> bring in the terror squirrel unit <laughs> it's like, it just reminds me of like uh, in real life police 
like dog handlers, you know, where mm, the, the, they bring mm. in the, the dog squads. Yeah. <laughs> they bring in this, they open the back of the truck and all these terror squirrels this, come out. No, our, not blood drinking squirrels again. This is our <laughs> drug sniffing squirrel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have it, have it mean, as part of an Arbides expansion or something. Yeah. <laughs> or you could have it as part of the um, Gene Stealer cults. You could Ooh, have it yeah. as a. You know, because obviously they like causing <laughs> trouble. You could have, they could just unleash a load of terror squirrels everywhere. It's, well, no, they've infected the terror squirrels. Obviously, they swoop down and they've got the little implantation tongues and a third oh, arm with no. a ranking claw. Oh, no. That, is the, that, that, that sounds straight of a horror story. That sounds horrendous. Oh, yeah. That's awful. <laughs> so, dangerous yeah. blood drinking flying squirrels that can infect yeah. you and convert you to the cult. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, no, they, they were the first sort of like basic mini fauna I'd ever heard about in 40k, and they were beautiful, um, which is why I'd love to see them make a comeback in one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they sound terrifying. Um, right, my first one, I'm going to go for a classic that most people will probably be aware of. We're going to go for the Catachan Devil, the old... Yes. Uh, that old yes. chestnut, that old that old thirty metered, sixty legged scorpion chestnut <laughs> is uh, a, uh, a horrific creature to mm-hmm. have to deal with. You know, so oh, yeah. yeah, the cat catajan devil. I mean, obviously, you know, it even scares you know catajan jungle warriors, or at least mm. it puts them to the test. I mean, and just think they're like. You know, from Imperial Guard point of view, they're one of the toughest units around. Oh, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, Catachan is a hellhole anyway, isn't it? It's um, a death world. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. like a lot of the planets there. So, yeah, I mean, you know, effectively, these are big, huge scorpions. But, mm. like, you know, the scorpions that we're used to seeing, well, I'm not. Cameron, you may see. Do you, do you have scorpions your end? Um, not in my neighborhood. They do show up in the city sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have them in our post box. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, rule number three is check your shoes before you put them on, which is why Australians are so enamoured of flip flops because you don't have to yeah, check them yeah, before you put them check, on. Yeah. Uh, but then the downside is they're not enclosed, so you can get bitten on the toe really easily. In uh, flip-flop, so, <laughs> so uh, it's, for, the, it's the it's the glass cannon of yeah of the uh, shoes. Glass- <laughs> oh god, bogans are the glass cannon build of the Australian citizenry. I'll go with it. Sure, wonderful. Um, yeah, no, Kadashan Kat- Devils, though. They're pretty great. Um, yeah. I, this was also brought up in our Discord, but I posted a sketch, which I'm pretty sure is from the 5th edition Tyranid Codex. Yeah, um, quite possibly. Because it had a great little thing in there, which is like, it's not confirmed, but perhaps Kadashan Devils are actually long-lost Tyranids as well, like mm. the like the Imgal Gene Stealers were. Um, yeah. Which they certainly look look the part. They've got a few too many legs, but they've got the same style of carapace. They've got claws and stings, and they've got those those breathing holes, uh, and that sort of rib like thorax armor mm. as well. Like yeah. they share uh, share a lot of traits. <laughs> yeah, I know I could see it because uh, it would make sense that that it is like a long lost you know tyrannid mm. creature that's just you know in come on to uh, Katachan and just. You know, just become part of the uh, of the fauna that, that's yeah, there, basically. Fit, so no, I can fit right in. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, it's a, you know, this place is a, a shithole, so you 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 you'll fit right in. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I just, I just love them because they're just they're obviously horrifying because it is a massive, mm. huge, you know, thirty meter long or up to thirty meter long 
scorpion type creature. Um, I, I think what I quite like about him as well is the fact that they, they are quite pack and uh, sort of nest colony driven mm-hmm. as well. Because mm-hmm. obviously they're one of these sort of creatures where you think they could just be out for themselves, but they actually, they you know, they'll defend their colonies. They've got, and obviously they're young, which I think is called like Devil Spawn, which is mm-hmm. great. Um, yeah. <laughs> perfect name. Um, you know, sort of, you know, they're, 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 as well as obviously being a horrifying creature, they're actually a very defensive uh, sort of looking creature. And I, I, I think how I would like to see them sort of come back, mm. especially I'm thinking more from a tabletop point of view, yeah, yeah. is if you remember when we covered uh, Soul Wars, no, was it Soul Wars? Yeah, I think it was when we covered Soul Wars, mm. that basically we, you know, the sort of thought of where you have, I think it was like in the, um, in Gurr, where oh, you'd have yeah, yeah. the sort of mon- loose monsters that would just mm, wouldn't be mm. that, that are neutral. Basically, they don't they're not for any particular faction. They just yeah, cause havoc. They show up. Betw- <laughs> yeah, imagine this in forty k, oh. where all of a sudden you've got like a neutral Kachan devil that just appears mm, in the battlefield mm. and just you know fights whatever's nearest to it. That'd be I amazing. Am really into that for like yeah. Uh, that- I, I would love them to do, like, a wacky expansion. Like, you know, we've had Vigilus and we've had uh, uh, Urban Conquest, which are, like, mm. mainstream. Like, these were things that were going to happen. We were going to get a campaign book. We were going to get a city fighting book. Why, do, why, why don't we just have the Balls to the Walls Insanity expansion? Where, yeah. hey, uh, every turn there's, a, there's, like, a one in six chance this thing shows up, eats the nearest unit, and then runs off at the end of the turn exactly. or something exactly. like that. Exactly. It'd be, it'd be perfect for narrative play. I mean, to be fair, mm. we've got... I know it's not 40k as, as in the main game, but you've got speed freaks mm. and things like that. They're willing to have yeah. those sort of silly... That slight, slight mm. silliness. So, yeah, I just I think it'd be amazing. I think, I you know, when I've said it before, that narrative play or just the narrative story behind your games, I think it's fantastic. I mean, if you're into mm. competitive, that's, that's fine. But I just love that where just random stuff happens, where it just makes it entertaining. You know, yeah, it's ultimately it's yeah. a game at the end at the end of the day. So, yeah, I mean, obviously you could apply this to a lot of other creatures. So you could have like a, you know, you could have, like I said, a, a one in six chance of appearing, and then you roll off on the table, and there's like six different creatures that could appear, and mm. you know, mm. and a catch and devil could be one of them. Um, yeah, <laughs> with lots of wounds and mm. and terrifying. So yeah, I <laughs> I love them. So right, cool. what's your uh, next choice? Yeah, um, this one's uh, really out there because I'm pretty sure it's not been mentioned since Rogue Trader, the original rulebook. Um, <laughs> it's the Cathelian Cud Bear, which is <laughs> <laughs> uh, not as friendly as it sounds. Um, so it's it's from a Death World, much like Kadashan. Uh, it's a Death World called Cathel. Uh, its main thing it has these really long claws. It's got big teeth and it has purple fur. Uh, so it's like a giant care bear, basically, except it wants to murder you. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the, the planet apparently is mostly temperate forests and mountains, and it's this, this big territorial bear that attacks large groups of people if they enter their territory, um, including if you land your spaceship in somewhere the bear considers its territory, it will board the spaceship while the spaceship leaves and kill everyone mm. on board. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which, nice. When I read that, gave me this beautiful image of it's basically Alien, the first film, but instead of the alien, it's just a big, murderous Care Bear rampaging <laughs> through the ship. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, a, a little more obscure, but again, I, th- I think, like you said, like a monsters pack would be really cool to have, like mm, one of these, absolutely, like 
Oh, it, it's it's definitely mammalian, but it's a little weird in Xenos. So, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Okay. My next one. Slightly different to what we've been mm. speaking about so far. Um, I apologize if I don't pronounce this right, because it's, <laughs> it's got oh, a bit of a weird boy. name. It's the Lacrimole. Um, oh, yeah. Lacrimole. <laughs> I don't know. It's sort of literally written. Um, now, this is more of a Xenos like it's rather than it like being a big mm. sort of huge creature type thing this is more this is basically a xenos vampiric shapeshifter that's yeah, basically where you gotta look yeah. at it um so i mean these were basically back in the day of like the great great crusade um so you know very similar to what you'd see on a lot of sci-fi movies like i said these like i said shapeshifters so basically what they they i think they're sort of basically their natural state is like this they're like a, a con as it's described a constantly moving uh yeah. array of flesh and limbs basically with two big black eyes and then what they do is then they you know get a victim feed on the blood and once they fed on the blood that allows them to then shapeshift into the Mm. the victim of who they've killed now what i love about these and i thought would be really cool is again i'm I'm thinking from more from a tabletop perspective as well is imagine these in kill team or something like that so (laughs) so you're, you're in a kill team um, and sort of it, because if in the sort of actual history, there was this point where it's called the, uh, oh, it's got a particular name. It's called the, well, it's got two names it's called the Charnel Spectre incident, or it's called the Lacrimole encounter mm. where basically this, there was this particular space Hulk that had just appeared out of nowhere. Obviously the, they sent, uh, some kill teams on there. So the, so the death watch went on there basically with, mm. with, in, with a particular inquisitor called dice. And basically you know they were getting picked off one by one by the by the lacrimals. Um but then obviously then as it got towards the end they were getting paranoid of each other because obviously yeah, they were thinking yeah. is this you know am I the am I the is that I'm trying to think is actually that the film is it I'm trying to what fil- film I'm thinking of um, what sci fi sorry the I'm thing? thinking of the thing yeah I think yeah. it was a more recent one than the thing no 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 but yeah um, like the thing like, rebooted yeah. <laughs> the thing no no, came no, out no not the remake ago. you know no um. <laughs> I was just thinking, uh, no, I can't, I can't remember now, but, uh, mm. but yeah, it like, just like you said, just like the thing where they're all getting really paranoid of each other and things mm. like that. And, the, and I think in the, in this particular incident, the, the, the death watch team was sort of suspecting that the inquisitor was the, you know, was the, was actually one of them, but mm. I think it basically turned out that he wasn't, but then he was the only one that survived and basically they became known or they, the whole species was at one point known as Xenos horrific, horrificus, which basically yeah. means kill on sight, exterminate yeah. every, any, <laughs> this, if you ever come across this race, kill them at all, at all costs. Mm. But yeah, mm. like I said, I'd like to see him in kill team where like, you know, it's certain, certain, so many turns in or roll of the dice, yeah. One, you know, one of them can infiltrate. Um, I don't know. I suppose, or you could use them. I suppose maybe as a way of introducing, I don't know, particular units that you wouldn't usually have. I mean, mm. they're they're capable of like they even could take over a uh, custodies. So they, you know, they can pretty oh, much wow. shape shift okay. into anything. So, and that's actually what happened in the in the Horus Heresy that mm. one of them um, was employed by um, Horus um, to. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I think is actually similar to what I'm, I've just been where I am in the heresy. Anyway, um, so <laughs> I digress. So yeah, I, I just think that there's they've got a lot of potential. I mean, shapeshifters have got amazing potential, mm. but I just mm. think you could have again, you could have them as a neutral unit. They're just random. They just yeah. random like yeah. random units turn up. You you know, it's orcs and 
Space Marines are fighting each other, and then all of a sudden these custodies turn up and fight everyone, which obviously the Space Marines freak out about. Um, mm. Yeah, I just think they're just very cool. So yeah, and cool. they could have a lot of possibility. So um, yeah, so what's your next one? Uh, mine is a classic. Uh, we're going back mm-hmm. to Catachin for this one. Uh, it's Ooh. the Catachin Barking Toad. Or yeah, that it's sign- classic. It's, sci- its scientific name is apparently Catachanus Bufo Moribundus. Um, oh, I knew that. Yeah, it's apparently the most devastatingly poisonous creature in the entire galaxy. Fortunately, it's extremely rare. Um, <laughs> the, the reason it's called a barking toad is if you disturb it, it will emit a short bark, uh, and the bark is the sound of poison being jetted over a kilometer radius from the toad, which <laughs> destroys all life within that radius, including the toad. Uh, it's a very unique oh, no. defense mechanism. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, uh, the the poison is pretty nasty. Uh, it can penetrate power armor, and I dug up through um through some web archives some fourth edition rules, not for the greater Catachin Barking Toad, which would simply eliminate everything on the table, but for mm-hmm. the lesser. Oh, um, of course. Yeah, so it's got some interesting things. Uh, one of the special rules is Society for the Appreciation of the Lesser Barking Toad, um, which that's the name of the rule, uh, apparently. <laughs> Uh, really? and yeah and this rule is basically you only put these on the table if both people agree for them to be there because it's very mean <laughs> to do otherwise um, uh, basically then because they like moving unpredictably they move 2d6 inches after they're deployed um, mm-hmm. and if someone who is not an imperial guard with a jungle fighter doctrine or a crew warrior um, gets uh basically gets into base-to-base with it, or if someone, any unit or vehicle shoots within three inches of it, it explodes. You place the large blast template, and everything under it gets a strength 10 AP1 hit. Um, now, this was 4th edition, so for those of you who said, oh, AP neg 1 doesn't sound... No, no, AP1 means ignores all armor of any kind. <laughs> <laughs> this, oh, the old this, blast template as this well. This thing oh. blows up to the point where it could probably destroy a land raid <laughs> in the single wow. hit. That sounds um, amazing. Yeah, it's the equivalent of a superpowered melter gun. Um, <laughs> and it basically is like, if you want to throw this in your game, throw like one or two of these on the table. Don't put more than three on the table, please. And again, like for the wacky expansion monster idea, these would be great because they force you to avoid certain areas of the board unless, I mean, in the case of 8th edition, to basically do a bunch of mortal wounds in like an 8-inch radius or something, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it basically says, you see this, if this gets near the objective, give up the objective. <laughs> don't. Just yeah. don't. Don't go. Don't go near it. Don't no. go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Oh, that mm. sounds really cool. Cool. Okay. Um, right, this is my last one, this next one. Um, so picture the scene. It's 2019. Okay. The year that, the, you know, the year that we're now in. Uh, it's the year that, I'm very certain Emperor's children are going to appear. Yeah. yeah. They, and obviously Fulgrim is going to turn yeah. up. Yeah. And then we, you know, we see all the previews, we see the codex and then, and they're like, oh, wow, guess what we decided to add? We've only added the lair in there as well. Ah, oh, yes. yeah. Hell let's yeah. add the lair in. Let's, um, <laughs> you know, let's mix it up. Let's lairy it up. Um, <laughs> great pun um yeah yeah so yeah so yeah we i mean we've we've touched upon the lair before that basically when we covered uh fulgrim all those moons ago um so 
for people not in the know, basically the lair is probably the turning point of the Empress Children Legion at that point, because that's basically what started their, you know, eventual descent into corruption. Mm. So, yeah. so basically the lair were this sort of, you know, non-humanoid reptile-like Xenos species that was a bit hard to, to describe in some ways because they were very tailored towards what their role was. So they were generally, like I said, they were sort of serpentine-like with like four arms and basically they had, gen, you know, their sort of general warriors sort of had like, you know, the top two arms were twin blades, like power blades, and then mm. they had sort of their bottom arms were twin gauntlets that would sort of fired off these sort of green energy sort of lasers, basically. Yeah. So, they, you know, they're pretty nasty sort of stuff. But... I think what was really cool about them as well is the fact that, like I said, they were, because they were a very clever race, um, Mm. they were sort of very, you know, they sort of basically biologically adapted to their situation. So you had like worker lair, yeah, soldier lair, but like you had ones that were wings, some that were Mm. purely aquatic, Mm. you know, and things like that. So they were, they were completely tailored to whatever their, their role was supposed to be. Um, I mean, you know, our favorite fabulous uh bill fabulous bile got uh <laughs> got involved because there was a sort of towards the end of after they defeated the lair which was a m- really difficult for the empress children to be fair they really lost a lot of their force on both sides and um, that basically he he used their genes to be basically spliced them up with yeah. the empress children gene seed and that's where we got the very first noise marines yeah so so uh yeah i just think these I could see these be re- making a return because okay, you know, F- Fabius, Fabius, he's mm. you know he's got some of these you know some of their genes hidden away yeah. as we yeah. you know as we know, and if you've read his re- you know the recent novels about him, you know he's he's he loves his gene seeds. He's always on the hunt <laughs> for them. So yeah, I could see this happening. I could genuinely see where they get released as you know as mm. a mm. Uh, you know similar to the Tau and the Crutes, you know sort of you know. Um, where yeah. they sort of just, you know, become like a, like a sub-faction within them. Auxiliary yeah. race. Yeah. Exactly. You know, they, they would just be, and again, what's really cool about them is, as I've just described, you can have so many different types as well. It's not just one type mm. of, oh, yeah. of the lair. Um, I mean, to be fair, they could be a whole race by themselves, really. Oh, They're yeah. that diverse, yeah. but I think, you know, realistically, they would become, you know, mm. their own, like sort of sub, sub-faction. I'd love to yeah. see them. Like I said, they oh, were, yeah. you know, you, you know, and because, and because of their sort of technology and the, how advanced they are, because I mean, they've got, they were very well known for their like anti-grav tech because basically they're, mm. a lot of their cities were on floating islands. Um, yeah. yeah. From, from memory. So, you know, they, they could have anything. They're sort of, again, they're similar to, you know, the Imperium and the Tau where they've got, you know, good amount of technology that they can use to, you know, to make stuff. So, you know, world's your oyster or yeah. world's your serpentine <laughs> four-armed creatures. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'd love to see the lair, but I actually genuinely Absolutely. could see that happening. I could see even, a, you know, a, I know a lot of these are pipe dreams, what we're talking about oh, here, yeah. but I think I could actually, you know, I'm not saying it will happen. I probably won't, but I could, you know, it's actually not not too unrealistic as well. So, so yeah, I'm voting yeah. for the lair. Come on, Games Workshop, give them Fair to enough. me, please. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> Shall we get into our listener responses then? Yes, let's do that. Um, so, as always, we asked the question to the lovely people out there. So we we got a couple on our Discord, and then we'll switch mm-hmm. to Twitter. So, do you want to yeah. do the first one on Discord? Yep. yep. So, uh, from Discord, it's our good buddy Sigmund Frude, who just says Zoats. Zoats. Uh, 
Which, yeah, like, Zoets were cool. They were basically Xenos centaur people. Yeah. Um, they're probably also all gone, because I'm pretty sure they were eaten by the Tyranids. In the probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Because <laughs> the only place I've ever seen them was in that old 5th edition Tyranid Codex that I have somewhere in this goddamn house. i got to dig it up, for memory's sake. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Excellent. Good choice. Um, and then the other response we had on Discord was... Mephitrix. Uh so like me, he said the Catachin Devil. Again, good choice. Mm. Uh Mind Slavers two. Uh, I think that's what they were called. I'm trying to think what the Mind Slavers were. I think um, he might be the Enslavers. Yeah. I, I know there was definitely got a reply something... like that on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. There's sort of this Again, it's all trying to remember mm. these things from many yeah. years ago. So yeah, I can't remember the Mind Slavers. I, I I remember something like those, but I can't mm. there's mind eaters yeah. but i don't think that's the same thing so no no um wait a minute no. there was enslaved yeah there was like, these enslavers they mm. um just i've just looked them up they're sort of also known as the krell the dominators or the puppeteers of the galaxy i think yeah, i think that's yeah, what he's yeah. referring to anyway um that's it the enslaver plague led to the downfall of the ancient that's it, it took it took mm. out the old, old ones yeah yeah that's it yeah yeah i know what that's sort of thing he's referring to anyway uh, so yeah, that's the yeah. Um, responses we had. Good choices on uh, mm-hmm. Discord. So uh, yeah, Cameron, do you want to switch to Twitter? Yeah. Uh, so War- Warboss Kurgan uh, Toadstool emoji for Gloomspike gets uh, <laughs> <laughs> says adventurers, not exactly creatures, but and then shows us uh, basically a beautiful catalog page uh, of the Citadel miniatures adventurers, yeah. which include such things as the Squat Miner, yeah, uh, female warrior Jane. Um, <laughs> old pirate old pirate, pirate captain um, yeah who else we got in here we've got x tech um but sure we've got sure. imperial assassin who looks like he's about to yep, do yep. got a gymnast outfit on the um, um the halfling cook <laughs> yeah space amazon um yeah yeah i like um female punk. warrior I like female warrior Gabs, who is very clearly a female yeah, space, space marine. marine. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, that there's is really an Eldar cool. trader. There's an Eldar yeah. merchant. He's just sitting there in his gigolo outfit. Um, <laughs> is that a piece? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There's some. I, uh, the one that makes me laugh is the psyche. It's like that. She's the one right mm, at the top. She looks like yeah. she has, she's got a headache. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, oh that migraine's happening again. I'm a pirate with a headache. Yeah. <laughs> <what they> <laughs> oh, amazing. That is such a great picture. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, next, Devin C at Three Day Pass. Zoats, or at least for Kill Team. Uh, Iron Claw Pirates, also for Kill Team, although that may be too similar to the Rogue Traders. Maybe Space Slam? Yeah, yeah. Space Slam would be a good shout. Oh, yeah. They're actually, they're in, I think if you actually look up uh, Slam in 40k, there is actually very minor reference especially when you talk about the mm. old ones and things like that i mean there's a i don't think there's officially any space slam but because of the you know this whole time space and yeah you know yeah. old ones things like that yeah maybe yeah it'd be cool um <laughs> mm. uh onkel harrow master at nardis noctum simply says squats yeah, yeah. buddy me too. <laughs> yeah, we got we got one at least. You know, Forge World's making that one Necromunda squat bounty hunter still, so he's yeah. still around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Good shout. Good shout. Right. Who is next? 
sixpence at sixpence. Exodites, he simply says. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, good shout. The, uh, yep. Obviously the, the uh, Eldari sort of rejects or uh, mm. <laughs> people that <Hey>. escaped. <laughs> <laughs> Depends which way you want to look at it. They All sort those of self- chicken farmers out there. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, um, good shout. Sp- yeah, Spruce and Brews at Spruce and Brews. They're a nice podcast. Uh, they also mm-hmm. agree with Sixpence saying, do Exodite Dino Mounts count specifically? Oh, yes. Yeah, hell yeah. Damn right. <laughs> Dino Riders. Right. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Next, uh, Amadeus uh, Everlasting Gobstopper at Amadeus <laughs> underscore Hopkins. Uh, Myron Jubligan from the Rogue Trader rulebook. This one image is the reason I got into 40k. I expected his story was some kind of tragic Han Solo sort of thing. It would be super cool if he was made an uh, awesome part of the law. Yes, I coloured it. LOL. Yeah, look, he's literally <laughs> taken the, the original black and white and then done a coloured yeah. version of it. <laughs> that is the cool, look that at, is look at this beautiful amalgamation. He's got like a rapier and a I think that's okay. just the sheath, but it looked like a katana for a second as well. <laughs> yeah, he's got um, like a gun. He's got a gun blade as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, beautiful. Or, well, or it could be. It looks like it's like it could be a gun blade or just simply yeah. a little shorn off, shorn off shotgun sort of thing. He's got like yeah. a musket. Uh, he's got a little tech priest with him. Yeah, with a, <laughs> with a hey, with a galvanic rifle that hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get with the times. God. <laughs> That yeah, no, amazing. that guy's that guy's cool. It's better than um Inquisitor Obi Obi Wan Sherlock Clouseau, I guess. Yeah. Um <laughs> Amazing. Uh man. Uh Chuck Bell at Chuck Bell Five says, I'd like to see the Hrud, maybe a kill team or on Blackstone. Um mm-hmm. they they're basically space skaven, if I remember correctly, so yes. Uh like weird little cloaked tentacly monsters that are really good with tech. <laughs> um Yeah, that's I, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, were they boneless or something? I think that's what they were. I like can't they could remember. squeeze through really tight spaces or something like that. Yeah, yeah, anyway. it's something, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were sort of, they were very, yeah, very weird. Sort of, they were sort of, I think they were sort of warp based sort of mm. thing. Uh, yeah, very, very creepy indeed. <laughs> uh, who's next? Uh, Dragon Prince Rob at Il- <laughs> Evil Kipper. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, space vampires. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, everyone we need loves space to... vampires. Exactly. Um, I mean, to be to be fair, we when we some, spoke, we got blood angels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of sorts. Yeah, I suppose that's one way to look at it. I mean, I suppose with with a lot of the you know the the fancy AOS side of things, we, like mm. we've said about space scaven before and yeah. things like that. So I, yeah, I mean, you, they, there's no reason why you can't have space vampires. It would work, mm. you know. Yeah. So you Bring know, the galaxy, like I said stuff. earlier, the galaxy is a big place. You know, you can have yeah. plenty out there. So yeah, mm-hmm. definitely bring it on. Yeah, and uh, finally Tim Wallweber or Wallweber, depending on whether you're Germanic descent or not, I guess. Uh, <laughs> at Tim Wallweber says Zoats, of course. Then there's Enslavers brackets. Ah, there which we I go. don't think even had an official model. Close brackets. No. Yeah, no. Yeah, again, Zoats cool. Enslavers cool, but yeah, I'm pretty sure they didn't get models. So no, I don't yeah. think so too. <laughs> Lovely, a nice little selection mm. there. Happy days. Um, so yeah, so that's been all the monsters and creatures that we want to bring into the 40k universe. Like I said, I, I think it would definitely be amazing if they release some sort of expansion, whether it's for Kill oh, yeah. Team or 40k yeah. that introduces. I mean, the fact it could easily happen for Kill Team. I know we were talking about 40k mm. earlier, but you know, knowing they're throwing out stuff for Kill Team on a regular basis, you know, and they've had, they've had Rogue Trader 
which obviously ties in you know in a in a spiritual way <laughs> to mm, uh, mm. to a lot of the ones we're talking about so yeah let's see what happens so yeah it's an interesting topic it's nice to discuss these things isn't it absolutely it's nice. <laughs> get that old gray matter working um so yeah that's been that's the end of the episode that's episode 21 we got through it in a yeah. normal amount of time compared to last <laughs> we didn't <show>. die <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly cameron's still here You'll be glad, to, you know, glad to hear he's not collapsed <laughs> through heat exhaustion. Uh, it's starting um, to cool down now that the sun finally went down at seven forty-five p.m. <laughs> <laughs> God, oh, happy days! So, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, before we sign off, uh, where can people find you on the internet, Cameron? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. Um, I'm not really doing anything particular on there at the moment. I'm just posting pictures of cats and things. So if you like that, <laughs> uh, come do so. Come join me. Oh, no, I know what I'm yelling. I'm yelling about Ubisoft for being awful again. Um, so feel free to come and yell about Ubisoft with me. Um, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, come chat. I'm always open to a chat. Um, Excellent. Uh, how about yourself, Matthew? You can also find me on Twitter at ninjabadger 7 um, I must admit, I'm pretty dormant on there. I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> just trying to balance it with life and mm. and Warhammer. Uh, but yeah, you know, feel free to come and chat. Um, and also, like I said, with all the things we mentioned at the start of the show, you know, remember our Twitter on there, remember our Facebook, uh, realmandruin.com, our website. I said, if you want to contact us to, uh, you know, basically suggest any future topics you'd like us to cover, there's a contact page on there. Uh, Discord is amazing get on there with us we've got some great people um yeah and again there's plenty more to come this year you know i'm I'm sort of trying to sort out a few guests i know i've mentioned it a few times i'm just gonna mm. i think now we're getting into the year i'm gonna start trying to coordinate a few um we've got our anniversary episode coming up yeah. in two episodes time so not next one one after yeah. uh, we're still sort of <laughs> talking about what we're going to potentially do for that but we'll we'll see we'll keep it keep it quiet at the moment um yeah and that's that's uh it for this one so i hope you've enjoyed it thank you as always for your support it's always greatly appreciated um because we love whammer just like all you guys <laughs> and uh yeah we'll catch you on the next show bye bye bye